Sarah just like goes, there's butt fucking on stage. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And Sarah goes, they say in the opening number, there's going to be butt fucking on stage. That's what they say. And then they deliver. <laughs> Bertie normally doesn't use my computer, but back before Bertie had a computer, they had an account on my computer. And then occasionally, if my computer's just lying around, Bertie will go back in and use their account. But then yeah. they like, leave windows open. And then my computer makes noises and it drains the battery. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I find out. It's really hard. It's hard for a parent to have anywhere that is truly just their own domain, including the virtual domain of a computer. It's true. Um, <clears throat> how do you feel? Um, I feel fine. I made it through yesterday. <laughs> I didn't post on purpose, you know. I was like, I went back and forth about it. And like, by the way, I could have just like fucking asked you. But I thought after our conversation last week, I was like, I don't want to, I want you to just have your birthday and not have to like have any more feelings about it. And then I, and then this morning I woke up and I was like, was that the right call? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what was the right call. I can't say whether or not posting was the right call I because I haven't thought about it. But I think the right call is that you were thoughtful about it and like went with your what your gut was on My it. My gut was that like I would have – my like initial first instinct is like Casey's, you know – whatever it's your birthday and <laughs> blah 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 blah. I'm like you should be sell you we should all celebrate everything and you are in 50 years as well you know yeah and then I was like she literally said this is hard for her why don't I just <laughs> let her have it however it is however it needs to be for you yes in case you didn't notice, I didn't post a goddamn thing yesterday because <laughs> I was like in a, I was in such a state of like frozen, Aww. um, Instagramness. Yeah, but I like had called you and texted you, and yes. like I felt like, yeah, I just felt like I don't want to post because I didn't want you know I do have more followers. Listen, let's just be real. <laughs> yes, quite I don't a, know if quite you needed the, more. those those few million people to know that it was your <laughs> 50th birthday or your birthday at all. If it was a birthday that was causing you some internal strife. So yeah. So I chose not to, but then I was like really having like a, like meltdowns about it, but then I was okay. But then I'm glad. Well, anyway, it's not, I'm making it about me now. So what, well, how, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the fact that you were thoughtful about it and you did, you, you texted me and then we were laughing because like you tried to call me and it went right to voicemail because that's a thing that I want to talk about later about why my phone went right to voicemail. Um, cause it's a conundrum. Um, but it was good. It was, uh, the day before my birthday, um, 
Matt, I think we do this thing in our family knowing that I don't love surprises. That's like a soft surprise. So he was like, a few people are going to come over to the backyard to like say hi and to have drinks outside. Great. And so he made um, some deviled eggs and my favorite. Love a deviled egg, and he's so good at it. He's uh, a virtuoso of making deviled eggs and made some cocktails. And Lincoln um, came back from his uh, month-long dog-sitting, house-sitting job mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, and, and ran to the Thai place on the corner to get crab rangoons, which is like my other... My other favorite, too. Fave snack. So and- weird that we have two of our favorite... Well, it's I guess it's white trash. Let's be real. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably. I'm sorry, it is. I don't know what the origin of crab rangoons are, but I know that they serve them at Chinese restaurants in Massachusetts and Thai restaurants here. So I'm. I think it's. Sometimes I do feel like I have to figure out exactly what the origins are. I mean, I kind of feel like it's just like. I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, like it feels very Midwestern. It does. And they're it's like, like cream, cream cheese. cheese, like very dairy heavy, which I know right. cheese isn't often an ingredient in right. Asian cuisine, in my experience. So who knows? But they are delicious. So if I'm going to eat them all the time, like pretty constantly, like once a week, I should look into like what the deal is with them. But so anyway, yeah, some friends came over. Um, my friend Kristen Bartlett, who I always assume that you know, and her husband Jason Gore, they're in entertainment, but you've never met, of course. But Kristen is the person that is famous for, like, um, when Megan McCain tweeted that right. New oh, York City yes. was, yeah, Kristen was like, we live in the same building, Megan. It's, I just went outside. It's fine. Oh, Kristen's responsible for driving for Megan McCain driving. from Manhattan. Yes, <laughs> yes. Guys, that's that's not that's what <laughs> that's what Megan McCain would that's love us me, to believe. Um she McCain. never returned after that tweet that yeah. Kristen did. Mm-hmm. And um the great Rebecca Metz who also I don't think you know um she's from the show Better Things among other things. Nope, but, don't know her. But. Um she and her husband came over, mm-hmm. Heather Matarazzo came over, Josh our editor and his wife Vanessa came over and um our friend Janie Haddad who just uh recovered from COVID. The coves. Yeah. yeah. And Paula Tompkins was not able to come because he still has like a few lingering COVID germs. But so anyway, yeah, we just had a small thing where we had drinks and snacks and everybody enthusiastically ate every last deviled egg, which I was excited about because sometimes that's not the case. So that's how you know you have a good group of friends. Like if they mm-hmm. Um, get down on a platter of deviled eggs and they aren't snobs about it. Because I even think like sometimes people love deviled eggs and they pretend that they don't. Like they're putting on airs. Like they don't like deviled eggs. There are people in my life that will stick their nose up at a deviled egg. Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so I I felt really fortunate that I was like, this is a group that is just shoveling deviled eggs into their mouths, even when Matt replenished the tray. I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. I know. I felt so sad. And um, also, Keisha was going to come, but I don't know. Something happened. Our friend Keisha, who worked on Busy Tonight, was going to come. And Ashley was out of town. Ashley Nicole Black is out of town shooting something. I miss Keisha. I miss Keisha so much, too. Now, this is just a podcast where we're naming people that you might not know. But here's... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that a thing? Can that be the podcast? (laughs) 
We're just name dropping people that are our friends that you might not know. But here's what I will say. All these people are really worth looking into. And some of them you do know, but in or some of them you might know, but you might not know that you know them. I have an update. Yeah. Crab Rangoon. The origin is the United States. It was on it the menu that way. It felt of that way. the Polynesian-style restaurant, in quotes, Trader Vic's in San Francisco. Of course. Since around 1956. Yeah. The appetizer is allegedly derived from an authentic Burmese recipe. However, the dish was invented probably in the United States, by Joe Young, working under Victor Bergerson, founder of Trader Vic's. Okay. A Rangoon crab a la Jack was mentioned at, as a dish at a Hawaiian-style party in 1952, but without further detail, and so may or may not be the same thing. That makes a lot of sense because, okay, this is something that I have studied um, a little bit on my own. Uh, it feels so 50s. And it's this so, is why. It's so 50s. This, this is why is the, you and I like it. Yes. Because we have is, parents that <laughs> fed us 50s food. Sorry, mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And also, there's this really interesting article. Well, it's interesting to me. I don't know if it is to you. But there is this like inauthentic Chinese food that is what I grew up on. Even though like some of the restaurants in New England where I grew up were owned by Chinese families and run by Chinese families, it wasn't really authentic Chinese cuisine. It was this like cuisine that was popularized to it was American. A, like American Chinese. Yeah. Right? And, yes. That's because they mentioned that in that Wikipedia article. Yes. And it's heavily Polynesian influenced, but I'm sure it's also not even authentically Polynesian at this point. It's so delicious to me. I know it's not authentic and it certainly isn't healthy for you, but really the only place it exists is in New England and in Arizona. Los Angeles. Arizona. Oh, did some okay. There's a poo poo really, platter. A poo poo platter. I know. I know. And lost. And uh. And I believe, like wherever Chicago, where my parents really were from. Yes. Well, I think the only because place that, it it remains is New England and Los Angeles. I think most of those places have gone have fallen by the wayside. But maybe maybe in Scottsdale still though. Yeah, maybe it, it's possible, but it's it was a really rude awakening to me to move to New York City and order Chinese food for the first time and get like what I assume is like more authentic Chinese food and be like, I don't know what this is. I've never had this. Where's right. where's the bright red pie filling sauce? And- right. I guess so. I guess the these Polynesian themed restaurants were a thing in like the 50s and 60s. Yes. And right? like probably like everything from the decor to was like probably not authentic and probably offensive is what I'm guessing. Guys, this is just the least well researched. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's not true, but like we're just live Googling things. Yes. This is actually, this is actually like hanging out with friends. You know, when people are like, I like your podcast because it's like hanging out with my friends. It is because, you know, this is like exactly the conversation you have with your friends at a dinner party where you're like, wait, do you remember poo-poo platters? And then somebody's <laughs> like, is that, was that a thing 
what is it? Where does it come from? Someone Googles it and reads it to the table. So here is me, the person that's going to read it to the table. Um, a poo platter is a tray of American Chinese or Hawaiian food consisting of an assortment of small meat and seafood appetizers. The thrillist called the poo platter an amalgam of Americanized Chinese food, Hawaiian tradition, and bar food, which is like exactly exactly what uh, it was and why I loved it as a child. Um, the poo-poo platter was probably first introduced to restaurants in the United States, uh, on the United States mainland by Don Beach in 1934. Of course his name was Don Beach. Totally. And then, of course, Don's and Trader Vicks. Trader Vicks spread uh-huh. a lot, a, a lot of the, uh, this invented culture. Yeah, this was in the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, egg rolls, yes. spare ribs, chicken wings, chicken fingers, yes. beef teriyaki, skewered beef, fried wontons, crab rangoon, <laughs> fried shrimp, and then accompanied sometimes by a small hibachi grill. Yeah, which was always that was always my the favorite. The fire, part. that's like yeah, you get like the a fire was like a, yeah, the best part. A sterno a in the middle sterno. of this like um like wooden bowl, and then of course like your parents maybe if you went to like one of these restaurants, your parents would m- maybe get like a scorpion bowl to drink, which like is just like basically a toilet full of liquor um, <laughs> with two straws and an umbrella. That's how big it is. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they're still doing that. Still doing that on Cape Cod, going strong with, uh, with a giant toilet bowl of liquor and a poo-poo platter. Um, but yeah, that's what I was raised on. It's so funny to me because, like, even our place in Canada, like, we, um, we ordered quote-unquote Chinese food one night and it was just, like, everything tasted like donuts. Like, it looked... It was all in balls, and it was all coated with, like, that breading of chicken fingers, but it tasted all like donuts to me. And I was like, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, is it is it just this restaurant? Is it this region? Or, like, has, you know, are we stuck in time somewhere? But anyway... I will say that I have come to know some authentic Chinese cuisine and it's very delicious and Los Angeles has everything, but also like there's that little part of me that still loves that like poo-poo platter junk food, but especially crab rangoons. Like this is knowing yourself. This is what it means to be 50 is that like you could get a poo-poo platter and you know, and that would be wonderful. But there's also something great about knowing that you could also just get like a double order of crab rangoons and that would be fine. You don't need to mess with like anything else. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> and I like the ones, I prefer the ones that have the imitation crab meat in them. Like if they have Always. Oh, guys, real crab meat. No. No. I know. Who it's this. I should just learn to make them myself, um, to be honest, because then I could, like, never risk getting a real piece of crab meat. That's such a downer when I, like, bite into one from a place and I'm like, no, it's real crab. I mean, honestly, bless your heart, that's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) When someone tries to level it up a little bit and make it a little fancier and they put real crab in and I'm, like, destroyed. 
Mm-hmm. No, but so anyway, happening. yeah, that's that's me. That's my dietary habits. It was uh, so nice to see everyone um, and outdoors, which was I really am very grateful that people were willing to sit outdoors. And then yesterday we just had like casual um, like home dinner. And then uh, my the boys and my husband gave me little prezzies and it was nice. But here is the most remarkable thing is that, and I'm sure you saw this if you looked on Instagram, even though you didn't post, is that, again, we're talking about- We're talking about, okay, so the, (laughs) yes, two things, two things. The fireplace that Mm -hmm. our, Busy Phillips is doing her best, Facebook group organized to purchase as a gift for me and send across the country- my son finally finished like doing little restorative things to it so that it would, you know, last as long as it's possible. That was he put it up in my yard and it looks so great and so beautiful, but also that Facebook group, which by the way, all I ever did, Biz, I know I'm telling you about the Facebook group constantly. All I ever did was like uh, make that group on Facebook. I never I haven't done anything to like lead it or to like tell anyone what they should be doing in it. I just made the group, invited people to join, and I put the episodes up there. The rest is all of them. And a woman in the group, Amy, did a post where she was like, I have an idea for Casey's birthday, but I don't want her to see it. So anyone who's interested, message me, and we'll talk in private messages. And I was like, I did see that, but then I didn't like pry or whatever. But they organized, she organized trying to get people to do 50 acts of kindness for my 50th birthday. My God, that's so nice. So nice. But what it resulted in is more than 100 donations to every town for gun safety. People, amazing. And it was triply amazing because yesterday uh, the donations were being tripled by, I think, Bloomberg. I'm happy to take some of Mike Bloomberg's money um, and give it to every town. But people Mm -hmm. did all kinds of things. They made formula donations to like food banks for babies. They did things for people in their lives that needed a hand with something. People made donations to abortion funds, all kinds of things. They made like a beautiful map where people could put where they lived and like what they did. And so it was like a map of the United States showing like where everyone contributed. Not even just the United States, all over the world. So like UK and Australia, people were doing things and it was amazing. Well, that, did you, did that make you feel any kind of way about your (laughs) birthday? It made made me feel so wonderful because I mean, yeah, like to feel like your birthday, like a thing that you feel weird and strange about could be like useful in some way, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know a lot of times when you are thinking about making a donation for something, you're just like, it's hard, like it's hectic and everybody has a lot on their mind and you're like, oh, I need to do that when I get the right moment. But sometimes there can be like a thing where you're like, oh, this is the moment to do it. Like, this is the reason because I want to, you know, participate in this thing that was organized. Like, I want to be a part of this. And so it made me feel so great, but also just like, I just was so impressed. I'm just so impressed with the folks in the Facebook group because they really just 
do all this amazing stuff on their own. It's just like when we talk about the community that we made and like, I just feel so, so super proud. I feel super proud because that's what we always wanted to do. And, you know, it's a small community, but it's mighty. Melissa from the States Project keeps emailing us with updates of how many people have done a giving circle. And she's obsessed. It's just more and more. And also even this couple... Are, they made it their wedding registry. This couple that listens to the podcast, they're going across the country. They're documenting their like wedding trip across the country. And that that's what their whole giving circle is. And it's just amazing. I shared it in in our stories so you can follow them and, and give money if you want. But it's really it's just wonderful. You guys, I don't I don't even know how to describe like the generosity and um organization. We have a lot of organized bitches listening to this podcast. I'm grateful for it and engaged and like continually engaged and people who I think, I don't know, I read, I read a lot of the comments. I like look at a lot of the things and it feels like it's not just people who are like, I don't know. You guys just feel like very like-minded. You know what I mean? And the thing like that we've always sort of said too, like, or why I think, you know, when I've like been asked, like why I think my Instagram at the time and like my Instagram stories resonated, just like there are more people out there like me than not like me in some ways. And they aren't really having, they don't have stuff that's being like made for them. I don't have stuff that's being made for me. Right. You know what I mean? Which right. is why we wanted to like change that, you and right. me. Right. And like make stuff for us. Right. Because it's also like, I don't know. It's not, it's nice. Yeah. Well, I was thinking a lot about it. And oh my gosh. And I'm blanking on her name. But this woman who's been like really making a political name for herself recently. Um, being outspoken from Michigan, yeah, the red hair, yes, the red haired, Mm -hmm. the the red haired woman. Mm -hmm. But um, recently, she said this quote that's very famous, and I've heard it a million times. uh, You know, words without deeds are dead. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and I've heard it with like words without action is nothing. And I think that that is what is so amazing about this community is that, you know, I can scroll Instagram and see people sharing memes and like good points all day. Yes. But our Facebook group, like there is no words without action ever. Everybody is like, they're just on it. And sharing words feels good and it feels good to get people to agree with you and say, yeah, like, that's an excellent point and that's exactly how I think. And that is important to some extent, but it really is like the action and like whatever you can do to take action on something. And so that's just really meaningful to me. And I admire people that do it because I'm always, I'm not always the type of person that can like jump up and take action right away. Like I, sometimes I'm standing there thinking about it a little too long. So they're, uh, they're a good, a good example for me. And I'm just really, really proud of all of them and all the work that they've been doing. Because I think even people that 
aren't able to make donations. I just see them saying, like, I didn't have the extra money this time, but here's what I did, you know, whatever. And it's just cool to have people sharing that kind of stuff because we just really need people to do what they can right now. Yes. A hundred percent. I do know. (laughs) Yeah, I very much fucking know. I know. Elementy. I think it's just element. I know, but I like elementy. <laughs> All right, element. Elementy. Um, El- the product is okay. called element, and but the the it's spelled elementy. I know, but I like that I get to say elementy. I know it's element. a good song. Okay. It's a good jingle, guys. And I also like that element are the electrolytes that are for you. For me, for everyone, even if you're not an athlete, way better than drinking a sugary sports drink. Yes. Also, electrolytes are very important. It is important to replenish electrolytes. Whether you've woken up the morning after having a couple glasses of wine, I don't know, or tequila, or... Maybe you're like working out hard and it's the summer. And I mean, electrolyte science is like, it exists. Well, it's why athletes drink electrolytes. It's like why marathon people that get into marathon running or half marathon running, like understand, they learn about this stuff. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in your body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Think about that when you're in that time of the month. Yes. It can eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness. Those are like very common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. And uh, that's where Element comes in. You guys, I want you to try it, especially in these summer months. I'm telling you, it will make a difference. It makes a difference. And I will just say, like, even my mom at some point was, like, complaining about, I don't know, I just feel really, I'm exhausted and I just feel so fatigued and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, are you drinking the electrolytes in your water? Sent her the electrolytes. Game changer. Right now, Element, L-M-N-T, is offering my (laughs) listeners, our listeners, our listeners, a free sample pack with any order. It's eight single serving packets free with any LMNT order. First of all, it's a great way to try all eight flavors or you can share Element with a friend who might need it. Like my mom. I shared it with my mom. Go to drinklmnt.com slash best The deal's only available through that special link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash best. Also, try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you can share it with a salty friend and they'll give it your money back. No questions asked. Wow, you got nothing to lose. It's amazing. Telling you, do it. Oh, I just love that sound. I love it. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify. The all-in-one 
the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. You know who uses Shopify? Who's that? We do. Yes, we do. We use Shopify on Brave Gowns to sell our merchandise to and uh, all of you. To hopefully. all of you. So if you've if you've purchased merch from us, you've already used Shopify. But Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for only big businesses. So upstarts, startups, established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay in Formed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. You guys, our podcast started out selling our merch. And today we're selling more merch. merch. <laughs> and we are not stopping there because there will be more merch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but honestly, it's so great that Shopify has tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed um, from down the street to around the globe. I mean, we are literally the the definition of a small business. And if we can figure out how to use it, you know, it's it's very simple. Yeah. And I think that, listen, you can reach customers online across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility. You want to start your business? You want to sell some stuff? Go to shopify.com slash herbest, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash herbest, all lowercase, right now. Shopify.com slash herbest. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. I mean, it was like weird to have like Mark and my like situation out in the world. Yeah. Um, That was kind of a little weird. Like we both felt, you know, there's like the emo- emotional hangovers, right, guys? Yeah. Like, you know what that is. Um, And we both felt a little like just a little like uh, off kilter, I think. Yeah. You know, like it was just like a little bit jarring. Yeah. Um, But not bad. Like just like, huh. Okay. Now we're in this next phase of this thing. Right. Which is good, but like also feels different. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I and I felt like for the most part, like, okay with how the information was sort of disseminated and kind of like put into the world. But I also didn't read any of the articles of people <laughs> that picked up the information. So I guess that's you know, 
That was I my did. choice. Do you want to know anything? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I actually don't because I yeah. don't because again, it doesn't matter and it right. doesn't ex- it doesn't actually exist. Right? Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. already gone. Like it doesn't. It's not anywhere. I know that Mark got upset about one of the articles, and I said to him, "Okay, well, it's. I mean." It's gone already. Like, it's not even right. there anymore. So, like, right. Right. you know. And I understand his point, too. Like, you know, for him, it's also, like, a, you know, you Google his name. and It's not the best yeah. feeling. But I'm like, who's Googling your name, dude? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I not to be a jerk, but, like, you know, you write movies. Like, everybody that you're in business with, you write in no, direct movies. Yeah. Everybody that you they are in business with know you. Know you like, no one's, yeah, like, I don't know. It just, it, so much of this, like, celebrity clickbait culture is just so stupid that it is almost staggering. Yeah. And it has affected the way that people talk about one another and celebrities. Yeah. You know? And I was thinking a lot because I've been thinking a lot about toxic masculinity, obviously, in recent lifetimes, Um, but specifically, like, in the last few years, several years, right? Like, it's been a thing that I've really been looking at and how am I participatory in misogynistic behavior? Like, how am I upholding a patriarchal idea of the world? And what values am I uh, highlighting or, like, you know, giving power to that in their, at their very core it's 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 like a deeply patriarchal misogynistic maybe even white supremacist right value do you know what i'm saying yes yes and that's like a thing that i've been really hypercritical about for myself for many many years since i like became a mother um and you know a lot of it started with like weight weight stuff you know like right. i i started with that like cuz i was just looking at, like, the kinds of ideas that had been kind of presented to me and in ways that I didn't have control over as a little person and then, right. um, you know, and as a woman, a girl. Yeah. Um, and so it was about, like, the first things I sort of started to be critical of my own self and my own challenge, my own ideas and values was, was about um, weight and appearance. Yeah. And... Um, and how I talk about those things about myself, um, about others, if I talk about others in, right. If I judge others silently, but then to make the conscious effort, we've certainly talked at nauseum about this. I've fucking talked about it in interviews or whatever to make the conscious decision in parenting that I would try to rectify a lot of my behaviors, even if like my brain wasn't quite there yet. Like even right. if I still was holding some of these beliefs, 
Um, but that in the name of trying to put an end to some bullshit that I would um, try to parent in a consciously different way, right? So that right. was like sort of like where I started. Right. And then like as 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 it does and as it is, like you go, you go along and you like identify other areas. And I think that gossip is a huge uh tool of the patriarchy. And yes. It is a huge tool of oppression and of not allowing others to live freely outside of an ingrained, like, patriarchal white supremacist norm. I think that makes a lot of sense. And to, like, put a finer, like, you, you've said this, like, brilliantly articulate thing to be less articulate like men gossip too <laughs> men are so, men are some of the biggest gossips that i've known in my life but they don't seem to pay any price for it but <laughs> i think that women get drawn into uh gossip in some situations and it seems like some woman often pays the price for a big gossipy story it's it's a tool and it's a distraction as people are always trying to tell us because we really get stuck in it we really get stuck in it and you know even if you just take a gander at headlines of, like, gossip magazines, they are weighted <laughs> heavily toward misogynistic and patriarchal language and ideas. And these are publications that are really, like, their target main audience are women, right. other women. Right. And it's reinforcing these ideas that are just, it, you know, and it's even in the language. We talk about the language like, you know, um, Trayvon Martin, young man, um, the kid who, the kid, see, and then the, like yeah, the kid see? who shot right. up. Right. See, there you go. Like, right. uh, I just Kyle did Ritten, it. But Kyle Rittenhouse Kyle, is that's, a boy. That's who I was, by the way, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Kyle Rittenhouse is, like, a boy. Yeah. And then, I mean, we know, even did it to same. Brett Kavanaugh. People were like, Brett Kavanaugh, like, people were acting like Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> was a teenager. And I'm like, is he a teenager a or is he I qualified to be on the so, Supreme I hate Court? Him. I hate him so fucking much. It is un- believable how much he, I hate him. He has what, when I was a kid, other kids referred to as a hit me face. Violence is oh, wrong. Listen, a punchable face. A punchable face. And I'm not going to, Casey, though. I want to say something to you and like you guys listening. 
I'm sorry. There's no, there are no more per capita. The most punchable faces are in Massachusetts. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I I'm so sorry. Right. I'm so sorry. Yes. It's such, I'm sorry. It's like when I, that summer we were in Boston, I was yeah. like constantly like, no wonder everyone's in fights all the time. So many punchable faces <laughs> around here. And I'm sorry, Massachusetts. I'm sorry. I'm really apologizing I'm in from advance. You. We love you. I think people who are from Massachusetts who are listening to this podcast will be able to take a look to their left and right and be like, you know, I hope so. there's a lot of punchable faces in this state. I hope so. He, I've told you my theory, right, about like, okay, the Massachusetts accent, the Boston accent is so complicated for an actor to portray. It mm-hmm. has so many subtleties to it. And nobody, but nobody does it properly. Nobody. And it's so annoying if you're from Massachusetts to hear someone be like, oh, pa- park the car and have it, yeah. You know, and you're just like, no, nobody says that's not how anyone here talks. It's ridiculous what you're doing. The only actor that does a Massachusetts accent properly is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But further is that it's because he is also doing the face, which is the classic Massachusetts punchable face. It's a punchable and face. that's why he's like fully giving you the full package of what yeah. it means to be from Massachusetts. I agree. I agree. Leonardo DiCaprio deserves an Oscar, as we would call it, in Massachusetts for um, fully fully embodying what it means to be from I the I also Bay think State. that the Affleck brothers access their punchable faces when they do that. And yes, yes. You know, but they're from there. Yeah, they're from there. So they have, you know, they're just and tapping same with, into... And same with Matt Damon, although he he refuses to at this point in his career. Why would he? Yeah, I mean, you know what? He's he's on a whole other journey that is just like... I never thought I would see the day. I always root for someone from Massachusetts, but I just feel like Matt Damon is on some weird journey where suddenly he turned like very... He turned into like a boomer and he's like... Clint Eastwood all of a sudden. Yeah, he like got so old all of a sudden. And I'm like, how, why are you talking like you're like a 90 year old man and doing like weird, I don't know. Can I just say something though? But this speaks to what we talked about last week vis-a-vis your birthday, Mm -hmm. which is that like, honestly, you're just as old as you think you are, you know? And for whatever reason, he's living that like, Matt Damon thinks boomer, he's boomer 92. Life. Yeah, he's like a boomer. I mean, by the, way, like, by the way, my mom isn't as like out of touch as Matt Damon is. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know what happened, but I just, it's very, and then I'm like, was this always in him? Was this always going to happen? Like, I don't know. Who knows? Or it's did to, something? Good, it's good questions to ask. It's They're all good questions. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right, though. I mean, like... I told you one time that, like, I tried to go into Dunkin' Donuts, the official state beverage of Massachusetts. I tried to go into a Dunkin' Donuts in Boston, like, in a metropolitan area of Boston. And I was behind a bunch of businessmen, white-collar businessmen, ordering coffees. And, like, one got, like, a blueberry-flavored iced coffee. And the rest of the businessmen... um 
bullied him. <laughs> for lack of a better word, like right there, live bullied him in a Boston Dunkin' Donuts because he ordered a fruit coffee. And I was like, like, you're all 40. What the fuck are you all have jobs at like in financial institutions? What's happening? Truly. That is that like encapsulates all of it. Truly. So I really think so. It's very weird. And also every professional athlete I've ever known or met in my life, they all say they dread playing in Boston more than any other town. And, you know, I'm like, I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah, I get it too. (laughs) I truly do. There's a lot Um, to love about Massachusetts and a lot to love about Boston, but there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of punchable moments happening there a lot of you know metaphorically punchable we're not really punching anyone we're not really punching anyone but anyway back to like the gossip thing (laughs) back to the gossip thing here's one thing i i will say if i may i know you didn't read the articles but it's not very often that I'm like tangentially related to like gossip that spreads like wildfire over like magazine articles, everything, everything. Here's what I was struck by is that it all clearly originated from just one thing that one person wrote in a rush and every outlet just went with it. Like they didn't do their own research. They didn't independently confirm anything. So here's like, for example, here's what I noticed. A lot of people said, Busy Phillips talked about it on her podcast. She told her co-hosts that, that, that this is what was happening. And every single article said that. So it all just came from one place. Like, I know it's just a small detail, but this podcast currently only has no, but this one is... co-host. I was the only person guys, there. Should... Wait, why, why did you just turn into... Oops, I lost you. A robot. You're still there. Something bad is happening, is what I said. What? <laughs> What's happening? I just texted you. You said you froze or I froze. And I just wrote something bad is happening. I don't know what's happening, but something bad. <laughs> I like literally oh, don't know no. what's happening. Something is happening with my fucking computer. It's too hot. <laughs> Busy is blowing, blowing on, on her computer. Should I get a block of to... ice and set it underneath it? I'm not kidding. Should I get like it, ice? It's just like running and running. I don't I know mean, what's happening. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that will help, but you could certainly Why wouldn't try. It? Like, you know, when you have your phone in an infrared sauna, for instance. Oh my God. And it and starts always, to this, short out. This is and maybe then not the it, most relatable problem, but guys, I have everybody, actually experienced people are it. Into, listen, people are into <laughs> infrared saunas now. Anyway. The, oh my me, God. I, I have feel like I should experienced put it. it. Hold on. Something cool under there? Okay. I think I'm going to try it. Hold on. going to get ice I need like to a, put under I need like, a, you know what I need? I need like a little mini Helix cool mattress for my computer. You do. Oh my God. <laughs> Hold on. I'll be right back. I have this thing my mom sent me for migraines. It's like a little thing you put on your, it's like a cool cooling pack for your head that like goes around your oh, head. Oh, okay. I feel All like right. I'm just going to set my computer on it for a minute. Just give it a try. What does that mean? That's, it's like computer menopause. 
just shut up because I don't want to talk about menopause <laughs> right now. Not today. Your computer's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm older and I get hot. It's like same computer. I get it. I fucking get it. But I need you to be strong in this moment. Um, do you see that I kind of have like a swollen eye? Yeah. What happened? Look? Yeah. Well, did you punch a little too hard in the face? <laughs> I punched myself in the face. I kind of have a punchable face sometimes. So do you. <laughs> Listen. I'm from Massachusetts. I know. I'm not, but like, just like, I get it. That was also like unfortunate for me in that you were like, obviously one place wrote an article and then everybody else just wrote articles based on that article. And they said like hosts, which is like a minor point, but it isn't actually. It's actually like the exact point I'm trying to make, which right. is just like... Everyone is just full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can't trust anything. And then, like, I, unfortunately for me, you know, people tagged me and stuff, which is just like, don't. No. Guys, don't. Don't, yeah. don't do it. Um, and so I, I wasn't even, like, really looking. But, like, when I look at the hearts, right? Yeah. Like, I ended up seeing some unfavorable people saying shit about me, which I was like, I didn't need that in my, you know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in like torturing myself by someone's rude ass thing. They feel like spouting off online and right. You know, but however, however, you also just like don't want it in your head. Right. Right, Period. which is so hard once you, you know. Once you're tagged. Once, yeah. That's a that's a rough thing. I was really proud of the way, because I was a little bit worried about, like, when we posted about the episode, I was a little bit worried about what the comments would be. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, just because, like, sometimes people, well, it's like we've talked about on the podcast, like, some people cannot resist saying holy shit when someone died, as if that's an appropriate response to the death of someone. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I... I was a little worried that people would just say rough things or say insensitive things, but I think everybody was pretty, everybody on our team, everybody who listens to the podcast and are friends of ours, I think were pretty sensitive and and lovely about it and not like gossipy or prying or whatever. I was worried that a bunch of people would say like, I knew it or whatever. You know what I mean? I did see a fair amount of that, which was annoying to me because I was like, good for you. Okay. (laughs) Just also FYI, I want to say this, like, um, don't ever say that to anyone about anything ever. (laughs) That's just a good rule. Like if your friend who you've known since high school is like, I actually came out last year and I'm in a relationship. Saying I knew it is not helpful. It means that you are like mentally gossiping about your friend for the longest. Or, or gossiping. Or, <laughs> or gossiping. Or re- gossiping, yeah. gossiping. Yeah. If, you're, if your friend is like, oh, guys, I'm, you know what? I, my partner and I have decided to um, separate. We're, we're going separate ways. I knew it. Not the response. No. Your child comes home and is like, well, I'm failing science. I knew it. Not a great response. (laughs) Not a great. No one wants to hear I knew it ever. No. Because guess what? Good for you? Question mark. (laughs) What do you want? A fuck? 
fucking metal? You knew it? Based on what? You're Based like, on I- the clues that were being given to you via Instagram? Based on me weeping at commercial? Like, you knew it. Okay. Well, I'm- guess what? Also, you could have known it because, like, you could have heard me talking in a fucking restaurant or, like, right. any number or whatever. This is what I want to ask. How is someone supposed to respond to that when you say something like, I knew it? Is the person supposed to say, well, this has been terrible for me and my family, but I'm glad some good could come out of it for you. I'm glad. Oh my God, that's actually genius. By the way, do you know what I did just on that day? What? I just went to all those people's um, like profiles and blocked them. Oh, good. Well, good. That is good. I knew it really is fucking a bummer to me. Yeah. Like if you heard a rumor about it, that's all it was, was a rumor until the person who it's happening to, or, you know, the persons who it's happening to until they, they tell you it's not true until the person tells you, you know what I mean? Like prior to that, it's just a rumor. And so you shouldn't like traffic in rumors or whatever. It's, it's difficult. I know it's tempting, but this is what I'm saying. Casey, (laughs) No one loves gossip. No one previously, previously in my life. (laughs) Previously on Busy Phillips. Previously on Busy Phillips' life. (laughs) No one has loved fucking gossip more than me. I used to fucking live for it. Do you know how many people, close friends of mine, close friends of mine were like, I can't believe Michelle is having another baby. And I was like, I know. I have just turned a fucking corner where I'm like, what someone is doing, whether they are public. Now, Michelle's a special, obviously, she's famous. Right. But like, whether it is my famous friends or my non-famous friends, guess what? Not talking about it. (laughs) I'm not fucking talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. Right. Unless we're all together and they want to fucking talk about it. Right. Right. Yeah. This is my, this is my newest way to fight the patriarchy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, I think we got to attack the patriarchy on all fronts and we might as well give gossip a try. Um, And here's what I will say. I do think there is such a thing as harmless gossip. Like say, like if a person who's on a podcast farted. Yeah. I don't think that, I think that's pretty harmless or like say that, you know, I thought that Ben Affleck and JLo were remaking the Jenny from the Block video. I think that's like a pretty harmless speculation. Um, that's fun speculation. Well, that but, was yeah. like that was like a wish. That was a that was yeah. A that wish was a wish. That we were putting also, into the universe. Like, I kind of think that we're disappointed now. I'm you not think dis- they were. And I then think they, they, they changed were, course. And like maybe I ruined it. Is that talk about making it about yourself? I Whoa. think like. Yeah. (laughs) And I think they're not being honest about it now. They're like, that girl ruined it, and now we can't do it, but we have to act like we never were doing it. But, I mean, that's really centering myself in a situation that has nothing to do with me. I'm kind of into it. (laughs) I kind of want you to center yourself in more situations that has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wow. Um. But I do just want to, like, 
say, because I think that we're good. Here's what I think about our community that we're building. I think we're good with a, I think we're good with a mission and a task. And like, this has been mine recently is to like, yeah, like really understand the difference of what you're talking about and why. Now I have, Birdie and I recently got kind of into it about Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles because I was trying to course correct some misogynistic messaging that Birdie was like parroting from the internet about, you know, Olivia Wilde's age, the fact that she has kids, like what all whatever all this right. fucking bull I don't know I actually guys I haven't actually look, looked at the TikToks all I know right. is how the information was then put into my impressionable teen's brain right and how then I could like try to help Birdie think a little bit more critically about the ideas that were being presented you know because I think that like we all sort of have become complicit in the headlines, the misogynistic headlines. And like you and I talked about a publication recently that I always had thought of as being very feminist forward. And of late, I'm just like every every single headline feels so deeply misogynistic and like I can't get behind it. Like I'm not here for it. Right. And I it, want to I want us to not be fucking numb to it. Like if you right. hear your kid saying something, anything right. about another kid or a celebrity that they like, to make sure that you are hearing the values that are the underlying thing that they're saying. And then I challenge us to do it for ourselves too. Yeah. I mean, I get it. We're all trying to, we're all trying to find like a bright spot and like things that we can um, relate to each other on things that we're like mutually interested in. Um, And so gossip is a place that feels like, you know, it can feel good in the moment to, to gossip. But yeah, I think pointing it out with celebrities is like kind of an interesting move because you can really have that talk with you. Cause you're not always going to know, you know, like what's going on in your kids' lives and like who these, you know, they're talking about a classmate or whatever. You're not always going to know the context, but celebrity is like an interesting place where you do know the context, because you know, more or less. And so you can kind of like call it out and ask. But it's not even like we don't know. I don't know the truth behind anyone's intimate relationship. Right. Whether or not I know them personally a little bit or professionally a little bit, like... I And this was the point I was trying to make to the bird and also the point that I would like to impart to everyone who knew it is like whatever people think that they know, you know a piece, a bit, a yes. whatever. Right. But you're not in it with the people who you're talking about. And right. so think about how your assumptions, your words, like, might be 
impacted by your own sort of like internalized misogyny and like internalized patriarchal beliefs, you know? That's yeah, all. that's that's why I think the celebrity exercise is really interesting and it's a really good talking point because everybody knows everybody quote unquote knows the same information. You know what I mean? Like everybody right. has the same context. So when somebody's saying something like about Olivia Wilde or J-Lo or whoever, Martha Stewart, Amber Heard, Amber, Amber Heard, Heard and Johnny Depp. Yes. That's like been, that has been, that has been so fascinating and not a thing that I particularly want to even get into. <laughs> well, just the amount <laughs> of, it, the, the amount of attention that's been paid to that trial when the things that are going on in the world for the rest of people is is the fact that people know so many details about it and they like literally don't know that you can't if you're having a miscarriage in Texas or Oklahoma or like nine other states right now and you're past a certain number of weeks like you will get turned away at the hospital and they literally tell you to come back when you're in sepsis that's true right you don't get a dnc right you don't get the help you need Right. They're like, we can't do it. We can't. It's a liability. We don't. Our insurance won't like, let us. Bye. This one pooped in the bed, and that one's missing a finger. I mean, guys, I, mean, I like, get it. Like whew. the 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 details. Like I said, it's very intoxicating. It's very tempting, but that's that's why. I I mean, I'm just thinking back, and and I know that I have you know because I'm like who I am and where where I was born and raised and. The time in which I have lived, like, I know that I've participated in this stuff. And and I also know that I kind of have a unique perspective because I've actually known people who are famous who have been, like, the the subject of, of big, juicy gossip gossip stories that have taken the world by storm. And it's it's really interesting to see it um, from, from that vantage point where you actually know the person— and yeah, and I'm here to say, like, you never, you never know, like, a tenth of it. You never no. know a tenth of it. And so, like, and you don't want to either. Also, it's not for her. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it's like so. You just have to understand, like, it's not for you. But all, but just, I don't know. That's just been my sort of. That's been one of the things I've thought about in the last several years is like yeah. how to course correct that kind of behavior of my own in my home and with my friends and to think and to think critically about why I feel the way I do about certain things. Right. You know, like let's just take it to your own like outside of the outside of celebrity culture. Like gossiping about someone who you think is having an affair. Right. Okay. Like, why, what is it that it's triggering in you that you want to get to the root of? Right. Do you know what I mean? Is it that you're trying to figure out how you could spot it in your own relationship is the idea that it means something to be partnered and that it means something to be unpartnered. And right. what is that? 
Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying there are easy questions or answers. No, but it's worth, th- you know, is it that like if you're engaging in gossip about um, someone that's rumored to be having an affair that's in like your social circle, are you trying to like signal to the other person whether you approve or disapprove or you understand or that maybe you know this information because of like, the level of your relationship with someone who's involved is that right. important for you to communicate? Mm-hmm. Like what? What is it? Oh, like the hierarchical yes, benefits of yeah. of yeah being on the in in the know, right? Like, it's so interesting, it's but like really... unless we all start kind of like acknowledging it and talking about it, yeah, I kind of feel like in a weird way too. For me, moving to a totally different place has been kind of amazing because I don't have (laughs) the same kinds of relationships that I did, you know, like they're all sort of new. So it's, so you get to set the tone a bit more, you know, and you're not there yet where, where people are, you don't know each other like that, where people are like, I have to tell you the wildest thing. And you're like, sometimes people do that. Really? People do that with me a lot, just like on the street, Casey. You know? Yeah. Well, that ma- that makes some sense. People feel like information is capital, which is like what you were saying before, like the hierarchical right. thing of like who has the information, what does it mean, right. who gets to hold the information. And so like a statement of like, I knew it is a statement of like power, right? Right. right. I have power like over have everyone t- else. Yeah, that's interesting. I do have like a practical question though, since we're mm-hmm. on the topic. Say, say like a man hit on you, it, mm-hmm. the, like a married man like hit on you, mm-hmm. and you, that you were like friendly with the wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. How would you handle that? I don't know. That's never happened to me. It's never happened to you. Oh, Gina. No, wait. Hold on. Okay. Gina, no. Not Gina just casually carrying a piece of art that my friend made for me. <laughs> That's rolled up like a poster. I was going to go get a frame for it. Just casually carrying it in her mouth. Like, like a bone. Oh, it was up on this thing. She like obviously got it down off the shelf. Just casually carrying it away to go tear it up. Just like, priceless art she's going to eat. She's literally like, uh, this this piece of art is mine now and I'm going to go tear it up in the corner. Thank you. I mean, it was fully in her mouth. It's like a rolled up, very long, like piece it's of art. It's a piece of art. It's like that, a, it's a, it's a piece yes. of art that my friend made for me. And Gina was just going to eat it up. For, and she was for staying here. Gunner, my friend Gunner from LA stayed in, and he and his girlfriend stayed in Casa Kismet and like, he left me this like really cool piece of art. Oh my God. And Gina just took it off the shelf and was just like slyly walking away with it as if I wasn't going to notice that she was about to go eat it. Gina, that was so weird, <laughs> but also kind of hilarious and so bizarre and funny. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a hard question. Now that I'm asking it, I'm like, I guess it depends on, it depends on how good of friends you are with. Right. Cause I, this, well, there's, I have a famous story with a friend that I did not, that I saw her boyfriend mm-hmm. like making out with a girl. 
right. in New York. Right. Like we when we lived in LA. Yeah. And Mark and I were here and we like saw this guy at a restaurant literally making like like so hardcore making out with right. a girl. And I well, first of all, I had assumed that he like this is my this is my own by whatever. I had assumed that they were broken up. Right. And then I assumed that they had an arrangement because I do know people that were like that have had things like, oh, when I'm in New York and he's in L.A., like we've got an arrangement. It's fine. Or if I'm on tour or if I'm on a location, I don't people have all kinds of arrangements. And like, I am not here to judge. Even I know people that have arrangements. (laughs) I'm provincial. guys, if you think you don't know people that have arrangements, I'm here to tell you, you, you know do. people that they have, just haven't have told arrangements. You. <laughs> they haven't told you because they know you can't they, handle it. Because you're a fucking gossip. So just <laughs> stop knowing it. Just stop. Gina, come here. Come here. Oh my God. She's just looking guilty as fuck. What did you do? <laughs> what are you doing? She's giving me the side eye. Oh my God. Okay, wait. Let's change the subject because I'm over it now. Um... <laughs> Better help. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp with a P. BetterHelp. Get better help with change, grief, growth, all the things. Better all help. Things. Life is full of twists and turns, and it is important to show up for yourself through all the struggles that life can bring. You know this. We talk about this. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for you. They're here for the twists, for the turns. They're going to assess your needs, and they will match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. We've talked extensively about the necessity for more people to be able to access good quality therapy. And, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all proposition therapy. You can follow all of the, like, online meme-generating therapists you want. But it really does come down to, like, personalized work. No two stories are the same. No two people are the same. No Two people's needs are the same. Um, and with better help, you can log into an account anytime you send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, you know, like you sometimes would with traditional therapy. And um. BetterHelp is so committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and they offer financial aid. I'm just going to repeat that. BetterHelp offers financial aid. BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself, invest in your well-being, you got to visit their website and read their testimonials. They're posted daily. They're pretty incredible. Guys, I just would encourage you, like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is for you. Visit betterhelp.com slash busy. That's better, H-E-L-P, 
com slash busy and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. That's amazing. This is, is one of the main things we need to focus on too. We need to focus on all kinds of things, but I really, really believe in therapy and taking control of your stress and your mental health and well-being. So we have a special offer for Busy Phillips is doing her best listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/busy. That's betterhelp.com/busy for 10% off your first month. Go get some therapy. Ooh, Sakara. Ooh, Sakara. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I had like a little 50s vibe. Yeah. It did. I don't know what I was going for. It was like, um, just like peacefulness, you know. I was going for peacefulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. It was a a love song to Sakara. Yeah. Well, I love Sakara. (laughs) I really do. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you not to just live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but like also to get to truly enjoy it because they have delicious plant-rich meals and functional wellness essentials that build a foundation for radiant health. Listen, Sakara's plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals and functional wellness essentials nourish your body with whole organic ingredients that retrain your palate and help you break up with your sweet tooth for good. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. They give you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic ready to eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. You know, we've talked about them for so long. We've loved them for so long. We have loved them for so long, back on Busy Tonight, long before this podcast, long before Sakara was an advertiser on this very podcast. Do you know what I was doing? Getting Sakara delivered. I was getting Sakara delivered, guys, because <laughs> I return again and again to their nutritionally designed, chef crafted breakfasts lunches, and dinners that are made with plant-based ingredients because I really feel like sometimes you just need a little reset and it really boosts energy and supports my digestion and helps curb sugar cravings, which I'm prone to a little bit, and makes your skin look amazing. Amazing. Plus, I like the ease of a thing that is just honestly handed directly to me. (laughs) Me too. I mean, really, that is part of the reason why I've loved it and returned to it again and again. Sakara has received rave reviews from everyone. Vogue, Goop, The New York Times. Me. And Busy Phillips. I love them. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash busy, or you can just enter the code busy at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. 
Yesterday, Birdie and I took Gina to this place. My friend Phil Morrison, you know Phil. I know Phil, yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend Phil Morrison uh, was in town a couple weeks ago, and I saw him, and he was like, at, like he came over to the house and he was like, oh, by the way, I just walked past this place and it looks really cool. It's like a place where you take your dog and you can wash them. But it's like they have this big thing that you can like, it's like a professional thing. You like put the do- tub that you like put the dog in and the, these little rooms that you go into. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So anyway, yesterday, Gina cricket and um a ba- their babysitter because I had to take the car in I we forgot that it was Memorial Day and scheduled my car service thinking like drop the kids off at school and then go to the car service place yeah do you know what I'm saying yeah but I like forgot but there was no school there's no school and it was Memorial Day but I still had to take the car in to be serviced because it was yeah been making a weird noise and um so I had a babysitter come also because sometimes it's easier for babysitters to get my kids away from screens. I don't know if anyone else has this experience. Yeah, well, I can't say with screens, but it's just always easier for someone else to get your kid to do something cuz they listen to someone else. That's how Not always. My I <laughs> that has always been my experience when yeah. El- when Eli was little he would not do shit that we asked him to do just because yeah. he was like a typical toddler. But, and I don't, I mean, child psychologists get at me if this damaged my kid, but the our executive producer of the Rosie O'Donnell show was <laughs> a former um, New York City police officer, Bernie Young. Mm. And um, he was a very authoritative man. He was also, had been Rosie's manager. And, um, you know, my when my kid was a toddler, he like, looked up to anyone who is a fireman or police officer because that's what little kids do. And whenever he wouldn't do something, I would just march him right into our executive producer's office, our showrunner's office, and be like, Bernie wants to tell you something. And Bernie would be like, Eli, you got to stop taking your pants off in the daycare. You got to you gotta leave stop your it. pants off. Stop it. And Eli would be like, stop okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm obsessed with that. Um, well, but anyway, we, I've been having, we've been having some screen time struggles yeah. in my, in my mind homest. That's not a word. Um, and <laughs> it, is now. it is now. And so like I was taking the car over, but I said to Mark, I was like, who clearly could have just hung out or whatever, yeah. with, you know, but I was like, I want to call this like babysitter and see if there's a version where she can get cricket off of the screen and into the world yeah. because we do it. You know, we like force cricket to do it. Like, yeah, don't, t- don't give yeah. me a fucking thing about like, you just got to do it. I'm like, get it. And I do it. But then cricket's like not enjoying, like cricket spends the, like really has sometimes a hard time letting go and yeah. then like, doesn't have fun at the thing that we're then doing, you know? And then right. it's just like, right. Hard for everyone. Right. But so I had this cute girl babysitter come over um, and anyway, I was getting like pictures of then just like Cricket and the babysitter like living their best New York lives. Like <laughs> they like went to brunch 
And then like Amazing. with Gina and then they like walked Gina along the river and then they like took her to like two different dog parks and they like did all this stuff and then brought home essentially like a dirt ball, like a <laughs> was in place of our dog was like a dusty, dirty ball of fluff. Yeah. And, uh, but it w- didn't matter because I was just like so thrilled, you know, and yeah. they had so much fun. And there was like, when I got home from the car dealer, there was like dirt ever, like everywhere. everywhere. The dog had like just tracked dirt and dust everywhere. Yeah, like, so, a, like a commercial for mopping liquid. Swiffer. It was a commercial for a Swiffer. <laughs> um, so we went to, I looked up like washing your dog yourself places. And I found there are a few here in New York City because it's like getting them into the groomers is such a process. Yes. And it's expensive. Yeah. Let's just say that, you know. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I could call I could have called yesterday and they would have said like, okay, well, we can see Gina like next Thursday or yeah. whatever. You know she's what I dirty. mean? She's dirty now. I need to get this dirt off this dog. So we found this place and Birdie and I took Gina over there. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you had fun. So it's like this big machine. Yeah. And it looks like I'm trying to describe, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like. It looks like, I don't know, like almost like a big soda machine or something. Okay. But with like an open area. Okay. I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. Okay. And it has a, it has two hoses, one for right. air and one for the uh, sprayer. Yeah. And then it has like a control panel that's like a soda machine, one of those fancy soda machines. So you can yeah. like pick what kind of soda you want. Yeah. But you pick like first you a do freestyle soda machine. It's a freeze. Like exactly. <laughs> and you can do so, but then you do like, you do like, um, Coca-Cola. No, you do like, um, <laughs> rinse and then it, the shampoo and the shampoo comes out with the water. Oh, and then you, stop that and then you go back to rinse again and then you go to conditioner and you do that and then they even have like flea bath that you put on and like you can let it sit for three minutes like while you like massage it in the water is like the perfect temperature or whatever and they have this little thing you can like hook they have special collars that are like rubber collars so your collar if it's cloth doesn't get wet Oh. And you put like the little collar on and then they have, it has like a little clip so you can clip so they them. Don't jump down. So they don't yeah. run, run around. No, they can't jump down though. They're like in a thing. So you're standing up. Right. And there's like a, there's, there's a ledge. Okay. You know, and it, yeah. there's a door that opens like a, like a walk-in bathtub. Like a walk-in bathtub. It is like, a, I sw- it's a walk-in bathtub for dogs. That's amazing. That's exactly what it is. And, um, and then they even have this little like, peanut butter or this little like weird rubber bone that sticks to the wall that you can like put peanut butter on. Wow. So that they just stand there and like lick the peanut butter, which was always Emily Beebe's trick when we bathed our rescue dog, Henry, at our old apartment in LA, RIP Henry. Uh, She would 
like smear peanut butter on the bathtub, put them in and then like rinse them off. That's how people clip their dog's nails, by the way. They put saran wrap around their head, smear peanut butter on their forehead. And then when they put their head down to look at the dog's nails, the dog is licking their forehead. That is truly insane. And I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about, but like, okay. Um, I've never, that is, okay. Um, Oh my God, Gina's so hot. It is hot in here, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. Casa Kismet doesn't have air conditioning yet. You got to get that air conditioning for I know, it's Kismet. 95 degrees today. Anyway, Ugh. you know, I'm okay with it. I like being hot, but okay. Yeah. So anyway, and then you get to the like blow dry part and they even have that little thing, sock thing you put on their head so that their ears are protected and they don't like hate the Freak noise out. or whatever. Yeah. And... And then she comes in and she's like, okay, your 20 minutes is up. And I was like, Gina's not even close to dry yet. And she's like, well, you guys spent a lot of time with the washing. (laughs) She's like, you really, you really only need to do like a five, 10 minute wash. And then the rest of the time is for drying. And I was like, oh, well, you didn't tell me that. Um, But it was okay. She was like dry enough and we could have bought more time, but I was like, no, this is not. This 20 is my journey of today. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And and also, like, it was so hot out that I felt like it was okay for Gina to be damp dry because it might just feel better. She's She needs to get her summer haircut, I guess. Plus, you don't... Do. Yeah, you don't want to blow her curls out. Does she get dried with a Casey. diffuser? Do you do the Casey. curly method? I was trying to do curly method drying. Do you scrunch her curls? I was trying to scrunch her curls. <laughs> I just, yeah, I gave we gave her a little damp dry blowout and then she was good to go. And she was like really happy and trotting home. Like you could tell she felt good because she yeah. wasn't dirty anymore. And it's just so much better because I've been trying to bathe her in the bathtub and it's, gross it's a lot you gotta hunch over and then you're like all stressed out because it's also like your bathroom and yes. your bathroom is getting all gross and like shaking and your all bathtub. over and like yeah, yeah and it's just gross it's a lot i mean i get i get it but like yeah lincoln well, always bathes the dogs we have small dogs so he bathes them in the kitchen sink and i'm like now we have to decontaminate the <laughs> entire kitchen. i just felt like for the price was not bad. I feel like it was like... Well, I, think, I was I'm, I was just thinking that I would go take a shower in a place like that if I could, like, choose my treatments to come out of the hose. It did not feel unlike the places that I would go in L.A. and use the infrared sauna and then get into the shower after. By the yeah. way, you totally could do that, Casey. <laughs> you could just go... They, those infrared sauna places, you can have your... You have your own shower in there. And, you know... You you could just skip the sauna and just shower. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I really miss my uh Westport, Connecticut flotation tank place because I would go do the saltwater flotation and that but then they had like a really luxurious shower, like right in the little suite. And I would just spend so long, like an hour floating, but unlimited showering time. And then you were allowed to like sit in a quiet room and have tea. That's a whole day for me. That would I mean, be a, a whole day. I think it's I think it's fantastic. And you know I love using other people's products, products supplied by other people in <sighs> their facilities. 
I am that's the only well thing, aware. That's the thing I miss about the wing. I know the wing, there was problems with it, right? That's besides COVID, there were issues and, and the wing had issues. But I miss access to a Dyson air wrap. I mean, I do think that's that's the nice thing about some gyms, you know, yeah. too, is that yeah. they have that they have that available, the the nice products. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, actually, I'm lying. I don't know because I've only ever belonged to like one gym and they didn't have nice products. So I belonged I to a nice gym once, but then it just was like, I think I'm paying too much for the products. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yes, this isn't the, it's not working for me. That's a big deal for me when a hotel has nice products. All the, I mean, this sounds like a dream to me. I want to go to Gina's dog bath place and take a shower there. Wait, we've been talking for too long and we didn't even get to two things that I really wanted to talk to. I know talk there's, about. A couple, there's a couple things I want to tell you about. So go, tell me what you... No, you tell me first because I've been talking a long time. No, you, I have talked way more than you today. Um, so, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Busy and I are about to get in a huge fight over who talks the This is the, the, biggest, the only fight we've ever gotten into. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is that when we were talking about the patriarchal everything, everything... One of the things I did to keep myself calm this weekend as we went into my big birthday weekend was that I binge watched this show called My Brilliant Friend. Do you know about it? Well, I read all the books. You read all the books? They're my favorite books of all time. Okay. And then I I didn't want to read, I didn't want to watch the show because it was hard for me because I was so deeply, deeply invested in the books. And I like, I've read them all like twice. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that you love those books. I love them so deeply. Okay. This is so interesting. Okay. So I wa- you were right. You didn't want to read the show because you do have to read the show. It's all in Italian. And Watch you- the show. Oh, no, but you have show. to read the whole oh, thing. The I see whole what time. you're saying. <laughs> you have to read it. And so that was a challenge because I couldn't uh, be looking at my phone all the time like I tend to do right. when like I get. You have to read the show. It was so good, Busy. It was really, really good. And I want to read the books now. And Matt and I had a big conversation about who is Elena Ferrante, because I guess it's a mystery about who well, the author of the books it, is. Okay. So it, <clears throat> I'm, I know a lot about... This is like, yes. actually, this is a weird thing that you and I have never discussed. <laughs> and that I, like, because my... So I was pregnant with Cricket yeah. when... I was obsessed with those books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, yeah, like about nine years ago. Yeah. And I had to wait for the last book to come out. Like I was the translation. The translations are fucking amazing. Oh, and great. Okay. So according to people who speak Italian, <laughs> people who've read them in Italian yeah. and in English, um, and also Europa Editions is just like a really great, um, publisher who like is very thoughtful about their um, their language, different language translations. Yeah. Um, that the translation is truly beautiful. Um, oh, good. So I got super into Elena Ferrante um, as an idea, and then really into the idea that you know in Italy, uh, the prevailing 
uh, idea at the time was that Elena Ferrante was a man. Right. Because their culture had a hard time believing that a woman would be able to have such deep insight and be able to write books like this. Right. They now know who she is, by the way. Oh, they do? Mm -hmm. Who is it? Um, Elena Ferrante. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, her her real name is Anita Raja. 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 Anita Raja. Um, A Rome-based translator. Okay. Um, That's the idea. Okay. Um, Like, people have said that it's like... Domenico Starnani, who is an author and a journalist, who's a man. Yeah. And Anita Raja's husband. Interesting. Interesting. And Ferrante has consistently said, no, not a man. <laughs> Thank you very much. I am a woman. And that, um, and like rejected the questions about her gender being rooted in, you know, a patriarchal idea about like that female writers aren't capable of that. Right. Well, the show, if if you haven't read the books, which I want to read the books now, but also if you have read the books. Oh my God, can I send that to you for an adjunct a, another birthday present, please. Can you let yes. me send them to you, please? Yes, I would love oh my that. And uh, I really want to read them. The show, though, is so well done. It's, it's so on good. HBO Max. There's three seasons. I truly watched them in about two very, uh, very sloth-like sittings where I didn't move for mm-hmm. hours. And you really have to, you know, you have to pay attention because you're you're reading the text on the screen. It's very beautiful. The Italian language is beautiful to listen to. I will say, like, trigger warning, there's a lot of violence and, it's you know. so violent. But I will also say this, by the way, I did watch, I think, like, the first er- episode-ish, maybe, yeah. of the TV show. Because it's yeah. on HBO, right? And it's yeah. been on for a couple of years now. Yes, yeah. Right. So, um, when you read the books, like, this is why I've read them several times, especially the first book, it is so... For me, I can only say for me, it was very difficult to keep track of all of the families and the names of the people and the different relationships. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's so many, and she even has like in the beginning of the book, like almost like a glossary of people because it's so hard and complicated to like, especially like I'm trying to adjust to even just like the tiny bit of Italian. Italian (laughs) with my crab rangoon, my crab rangoon. And we're going to go get Italian later Um, (laughs) with like even just the small bit of Italian that's in the book. Like it was just hard to wrap my brain around. 
Yeah, it's interesting because it's like there's a huge cast of characters for a book or for a TV show, Mm -hmm. but it also makes it seem like there's like 60 people in Italy because of how these people's lives keep overlapping and intertwining. But everything that we were talking about earlier about like examining the role Mm -hmm. of patriarchy in everything is so, that's what it's all about. Yes. But it's also like, it's like a soap opera. It's like a beautiful soap opera. It's so good. And just like, I've never felt like, like, you know, I'm the person that's always sitting watching TV going, oh no, like, oh no, this is about to happen. Oh no. And like, there weren't a lot of shocks in the, you knew, yeah. like, I just, you knew everything that was going to happen based on your gut, but like in like a good, I don't know, I just can't describe it, but it was so, so, so good. I really, really wanted to recommend it to people because it has a lot to do with like everything that we talk about and also like the dynamics of female friendship in the way yes, that patriarchy. I was say, that was like to me and the way that patriarchy like interferes. Yes. And mu- the way that. Well, the way the patriarchy, the way that, um, like, money and yes. education, yes, like, social status, like, all of those things. Right. We, I don't know, though, about the TV show. Did they, is the, did they get through the story no, of the lost child? A, I, I believe there's a fourth season forthcoming. So, <sighs> now okay, I have to here wait Here is also my confusion with the lost daughter that... Maggie Gyllenhaal directed that's um, based on a <laughs> based on one of Elena Ferrante's books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was confused and thought it was like an adaptation, an American adaptation or something of the fourth book in the series. Oh. And I was so confused. But also that last book in the series... Yeah. <sighs> is like to this day. Well, that's the only one I haven't read twice. Oh, okay. Because it, cause it was to too this much. day, it's too devastating for me. And I like the story of the lost child. And I could not stop sobbing for like a week after oh I read it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so I think that's the season that is still yet to come, if I'm Jesus correct. Christ. I don't even yeah. want to. I mean, okay. So anyway. But that sh- that also show is so good. the days of a big, but like all of her work is very deeply rooted in those ideas, right? And exploring yeah. those ideas. Days yeah. of abandonment um, is about, I mean, the days of abandonment <laughs> is really intense. It's a really intense wow. Uh, wow. book as well. Um and and then I haven't read a couple of her other books because I I don't know I was just so fucking obsessed with you the Neapolitan yeah it's, novels I read Trub I read Troubling Love which was like her first book and okay. then I read and I read Days of Abandonment and okay. I don't think I ever read The Lost Daughter okay because then I think I was like. Also think I was confused. <laughs> I was well, fun. anyway. I was like, if, oh yeah, I've read that. But no, I read the story. 
So Busy's recommending the the books, my brilliant friend books. I'm recommending the show if you haven't watched it. I know we're saying it's about like all of these ideas and we're making, I'm kind of making it sound like homework or whatever, but it's really not. It's a good show. You'll be into it if you like, like any type of, I love a period drama and and this is post-war Italy. Um, And it's it's so good. You'll be so into it. Now I want to read those books again. It, it, I haven't it, read them since like 2012, 2013. That's wild. Well, and then the last one came out, I don't know, like 2015, I think. 2015. Huh. Anyway. I had to wait. Do you understand? Yeah. I was like, like a- not since the Babysitter's Club have I, I been waiting say. for a book to you fucking like come a, out. A Sweet Valley High kid. This, again. Swear to God. <laughs> I used to wait and go into Brentano's and like, be like, is the new Babysitter's Club book out yet? <laughs> and they would be like, no, Busy. You know we'll call your mom when it's in. You know we'll call your mother when it's in. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, but, like, I was like that because Michelle had given me – this isn't gossip, guys. This is just the origin this story. This is just what happened. Michelle had given me the first two books that were out. Those were out. Yeah. And – Oh my God. And then I had to fucking wait. <laughs> I had to wait for both of them, I think, for both of the last books. Okay. Those yeah. who leave it and those who stay. I did. Yeah. Cricket was born in 2013. So, like, yeah. So I read My Brilliant Friend and The Story of a New Name. I just looked up the dates. In 20, I read them back to back in like 20. 12, 2013. Right. Yeah. Cause it was over Christmas. Michelle and I were vacationing together and she had just read them. And so she gave me the book, my brilliant friend, which I finished on that vacation. And then yeah. new year's 2013 bought the story of a new name. Yeah. And then, yeah, I had to leave. I had to wait for those who leave and those who stay and the story of the lost child every year. And it was not easy. Me. Annoying, you, like people waiting for George R. R. Martin to write the next Game of Thrones. Is that still happening? I don't even know, but I do. I do either. love how mad people get at that guy, and I love how much he never does what anyone wants. Feels like he could give two fucks. <laughs> he really he does not does not give a shit, and he he's does like not care. How about you make up a big book about dragons? How about that? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Or shut up and wait for me to do it. Or fucking shut up. <laughs> Why so anyway, your, wait, okay. So that's a great recommendation, that's, guys. I that's wholeheartedly. A wholeheartedly. And then the other thing that I could kind of use some help with is that, you know, remember how I told you that I was getting like a thousand um, calendar notifications for every single thing I ever put in my calendar? Mm-hmm. I did something. I put do not disturb on my computer and my phone mm-hmm. so that calendar notifications would – I wouldn't get a 1,000. And, like, it's clearly something I'm doing. I rented 16 cars when I went to Duluth. I get a 1,000 calendar notifications. It's something that I'm doing. It's but I in put, your – yeah, but can't, you can just turn calendar notifications off. I – Tried to do that and it wasn't working. I was still getting a thousand. And so I put do not disturb on my computer and my phone. And now Mm -hmm. I get no calendar notifications for anything. But also you never, it always says that you're on private mode, privacy mode, and 
it goes straight to voicemail. Yeah. And so that's why it went straight to voicemail Mm -hmm. and I don't get any calendar notifications. And also I feel like everything I'm putting into my calendar is just disappearing. And so I know that the day is coming when I'm going to miss something really important. And so I had a panic and I took do not disturb off um, my computer and my phone. Mm -hmm. And then I got a thousand calendar notifications oh, from boy. things that happened like three months just ago. Take them, take, just put do not disturb on your phone. I mean, on your calendar. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> on your computer, but not on your phone. It's just a mess. I feel like I have to like, um, I feel like I have to reset it to factory settings or something. You know what I really need to do? Huh? I really Genius need to, bar? I need to get Loretta to oh, come Loretta. spend a day with me. Loretta was... My assistant at Busy mm-hmm. Tonight, and she was super overqualified to be my assistant and uh, never should have agreed to be my assistant. She can do everything. She was promoted to be a writer, even though I knew that my life was going to go down the drain the second that that happened because she was also hilarious and a great writer. And uh, ever since then, um, I just... I've never had my shit fully together. Loretta, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) Loretta was beloved at Busy Tonight. Listen, here's what also I'm just going to throw out. We have this community of which you speak. (laughs) 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 Guys, who wants to be Casey's unpaid tech intern? Because because truly... She could use an unpaid tech intern. Every time I just try to do one thing, it's like a domino effect of just like mm-hmm. it it just tears apart every other thing I've ever tried to accomplish organization-wise. And then it makes me think about like our our calendar conversation and how it's not modern, but sometimes an old-fashioned calendar that you write the, on. You got to go back to the root. Yeah. Just... I got a cal- I got a calendar to write on. You did? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't do your method, but I did. Yeah. I got a calendar to write on and I have different colored pencils in the kitchen. Okay. All right. And so I have dedicated each family member including Gina to have their own color. This sounds great. And it's just been fine for me. And no one else is seemingly paying attention or using it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is because people people are still stressed and not interested. But Uh, also and asking me the patriarchy and the patriarchy and still asking me what is happening. And I'm mom has to know the calendar. No one else. Just mom has to know what's in the calendar. I don't know. I mean, I think Mark would take umbrage with that if he listens this week because he really has taken over in the last many years since we did our talk show. Yeah. In the scheduling of it. Oh, okay. And so he's, he's doing he's that. really like the kids scheduler. Yeah. Um, for like extracurricular things. However, I will say they don't really do that much. <laughs> <laughs> they really we really unschedule our kids. Like we like That's have good. actively unscheduled them in the last several years because it just was like didn't feel like it was benefiting them yeah and it felt like it was like stressful yeah more stressful on everyone that being said I am looking at the summertime 
And aside from Bertie having like a, you know, few weeks camp thing, um, yeah, I really haven't planned anything for my kids. <laughs> really a long, a long summer. Gonna have of- to. Uh, I just looked into some things. I think there's still room. I think there's some things. I think I'm gonna figure it out. Um, ow! Gina just punched me. She's trying to murder you. You guys, she is. I'm gonna just take a picture of her to post <laughs> so that you can like all see what I'm dealing with today. She's feeling herself. Oh she's like, she's like, wait, Casey, I have to just text it to you because you're going to die. <laughs> I'm going to text it to you right now. Oh, my goodness, Bev. Bev is our best friend in a can. And that sounds weird, but it's not. But we love her. We love her. She's fun and sparkly. She's great for gatherings and parties and events. She's great for gifting. We share her with friends. And we love her because I'm the only person that drinks rosé. And opening a bottle is like wasteful. It's too much. So until Birdie turns 21, and even (laughs) then, I'm just kidding. Even then, Birdie knows, Mom, can I get you a can of Bev? (laughs) Um, No, it's a canned wine brand on a mission to transform the alcohol industry as we know it, Um, creating a voice for women where there really has never been one and making it very approachable and kind. Yeah. And I just love, I I know you were joking around, but I love the point that you were making in all seriousness that you can just have a can and it's like in moderation. That's, you know, that's an important thing for me. Well, I also, for me too, because I'm a little bit the kind of person where, and it's not exclusive to, to wine, but I'm like a finisher. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And like, I will open anything (laughs) (laughs) and feel as though I need to finish it to get to the bottom of it yes but because Bev comes in these perfect little sized cans each can is a glass and a half of wine which is perfect the perfect amount it's amazing and they have six varietals so you can just have a can for whatever you know what if you want to if you have a different mood every day, they have rosé, sauve blanc, pinot gris, pinot noir, and they recently launched sparkling rosé, glam and glitz, which I love. I love it. Um, well, I'm right now going to drinkbev.com slash busy um, so that I... I'm not a first. This isn't my first order, though. So I don't, it's, it's not going to work for me. But you can receive, you can receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. You know, if you're, if you're wondering which one to order, we like to suggest the best selling ladies' night variety pack. So you can check out all the delicious varietals. Like we said, there are six. Go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. Bev can also be found at retailers nationwide, including Target, Total Wine, Bevmo, and more. But if you get it there, we don't get credit. (laughs) (laughs) We really want credit. (laughs) Guys, you really want credit. 
Hey, my friends. Casey and I um, want to tell you about another podcast we feel like you know about, but if you don't, we would like for you to know about it. You should check it out. It's hosted by some of our favorite funniest people. We really enjoy them. June, Diane, Raphael, and Jessica St. Clair. It's called The Deep Dive. You might know June and Jessica from TV shows like Grace and Frankie, The Goldbergs, Space Force, and so much more. You might also know Jessica from being my friend and Busy's friend. Yes. Uh, and being she, on this podcast. She's been on this podcast and you all loved her there. Yes. And June, Diane Raphael is also a... Uh, a lady that we, you know, we all know each other and they're amazing and you already know them and love them. So there's no reason you shouldn't be listening to them on their podcast, The Deep Dive. Listen, every week they get into all kinds of things like motherhood and family, feminism, and whether or not to buy a crystal because it's on sale. The answer is always yes. <laughs> Hear from guests like Casey Wilson, where she dies into the art of small talk, or Kulop Velisok, our friends, both our friends, about the art of the tablescape. It'll feel like you're catching up with a couple of friends sharing their journey about surviving adult womanhood. We love it. Listen we love the, them. We love them. Listen to the deep dive now wherever you listen to your podcasts, guys. We love we you, June love and Jessica. You, June and Jessica, we love you. Deep dive. Okay, I feel like we can cut down where I was talking about I knew it and gossip. I feel like we can cut that <laughs> way down. Because okay. I really want to talk about this play that I saw. Yes, please. I feel like I want to start the whole podcast over. That you do every week, but I do every week. Because I feel you, like you and I like ramp into it. Yeah. But then we just leave the whole thing. Also, I read that Call Your Daddy podcast article in the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Did you read it? I didn't get to. It's not that long. I actually, it was just a profile of the girl. Um, yeah. I actually was like pleasantly surprised by her, um, by her answer of the feminist question because I felt like she was just very much like, I think that I know enough to know that I don't know everything and yeah. that we should like be inclusive and seating the floor to like people who should have the ability to speak on things. And like, yeah. it just felt like at least she knows that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, not at least she knows, I'm sure, like, by the way, no shade to her. I don't fucking know. I just know that it was, I know that the podcast name is Call Your Daddy and it started on Barstool Sports. Right. I'm making assumptions. But right. my only point is like that I feel like with the audience that she has, like being able to get that idea in front of them is like, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So anyway, what's my point about that? Um, we oh, were just talking she wants about to be that. She wants to be the next. She wants to be the female Joe Rogan or whatever. Oh, good, good for and, her. Yeah, I think that's great. And also, the joke that Casey and I always would have is that I wanted this podcast to be as long as Joe Rogan's podcast <laughs> because <laughs> just to counterbalance the amount of time that that blowhard gets to talk. I was like, we should also talk for three hours. Um, and we do. We do. 
But then sometimes I'm like, but if we did like a tight 90 minutes, I think it would be more successful, this pod. Yeah. I mean, do people want to hear us talk about... Here's the thing is that... And I say with love, like even when we did Busy Tonight, we way over taped that show. And I loved it. Which we loved, right? Because sometimes you need to like war- get the guest warmed up and they're ready to like... There were guests that like came onto that show like very salty, like when they sat down on the sofa. True, and true. we would do like a long, luxurious, warm interview with them. And by the end of it, they would come around and be having like the fucking time of their life. And, you know, and I won't say who, but like, you know, uh, concrete examples of people that came to that show that clearly didn't want to be on the show. Did not want to be there. Left, left like giving us all hugs and saying, this is the most fun I've ever had on a talk show. Thank you so much. And, you know, whatever, whatever. We also one time left Steve Carell in a box for 20 <laughs> We've minutes. We've talked about this. I mean, God bless. Because of God how bless. long and luxurious Just like people were heart. allowed to talk. So there were, that was a plus is that you get good stuff when you're willing mm-hmm. to like let it breathe. The minus is that we then had to edit the show down in two hours to the 22 Mm -hmm. minutes that it was and it's very difficult and the reason it's difficult is because when you're having like a free flowing free form conversation there's a lot of like debris that you need to go back and clean out so that there's Mm -hmm. no reference to it like it's it's hard there's a lot of moving parts and so when you cut a big chunk out then like you're like, oh, fuck, we referred to that 15 minutes prior. I have to go take that out now. And then you're like, oh, fuck, we talked about it 45 minutes later. I got to go take that out. Right. And it's also like inextricably tied to this other important thing that we want to keep that we're not cutting out. And so how do I get this part out so that people aren't like, what the fuck are they talking about? So it gets hard. And so the it's not an argument that you and I have always had. It's a discussion that we've had. Did I we, say argument? No, no, no. I'm saying it's not a, it's a discussion that we've had where I'm like, I'm fine to make it shorter, but then we just need to talk less. We need to talk for a shorter time so that we don't then have to go fishing for all the little fishies that we need to fish out of the, the podcast to make it make sense. Right. Is that boring? (laughs) To tell people the behind the scenes of no, a podcast. I think people appreciate it. All right. Maybe. So but anyway. I but just am saying. Yes. There's a possibility that this podcast might be more popular if it was shorter. Sometimes it is shorter. Sometimes it's not. All I'm saying is, though, like, it's clear that we're not the female Joe Rogans. Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. And so maybe we should act accordingly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, I'm teasing. But like, I do think sometimes, well, I almost feel like, I almost feel like maybe you and I should just talk without recording for like 25 minutes or an hour. That's and possible. Then, and That's- then press record and then I'll be like, oh my God, wait, Casey, tell everybody, you know what I mean? I feel like when we used to have, when Shantira was on and we definitely had more, like we would have more of like an agenda kind of. Yes. Maybe we should go back to the agenda. We, yeah, that's, I mean, yes, 
These are because I was like writing things down this week, like, oh my God, don't forget to talk about this. Don't forget right. to talk about this. Right. But then I just like we go on journeys and then we're just like Right. Yes. And then it was like I'm off talking about gossip and I didn't even I wasn't even <laughs> planning on being there. Well, we always had like an agenda of things to talk about in case we needed it, but then often we wouldn't address the agenda. And then it got to the point where we never addressed the agenda, so it seemed like a waste of time to write an agenda, but maybe we need one again. You know, maybe. these are these are the things that a producer thinks about. But also, like, we used to have a producer, like, you know, helping us out with, and now we're just doing it ourselves. And so I'm like, are we writing an agenda or are we just going in and winging it? These are all questions. Because who could say? That are interesting to have, kind of. But yeah, we can we can do whatever we want because we're our own bosses. We are our own bosses <laughs> okay. which was entirely the point but okay so you saw this no, play I'm not, i know and now i'm too tired i don't want to like just i don't want to like just rush through it don't rush through it they're here to get gina <laughs> hold on a second i had to send her home she keeps punching me she's not you know she's unhappy she's hot okay bobina's gone she's on her She's on her way back to the air conditioning and the cool. She's not cut out for this. She's not made for it. <sighs> Many people would say the same for me. <laughs> That's why you're tired, I think, because you're because you're hot. I just got some cold, sparkling water. Some sparkling water. That's why you're drained. But tell us about the play, because I know the play oh that you saw. Oh, my God. It was incredible, you guys. I had been seeing the things around town for it in New York City. I Did I tell you about my New York day? Yes, I did. When I went to see Into the Woods and I went to yes. the art show and everything. And so I was like, I'm committed to like doing more New York things. And so I made an effort and got tickets to see A Strange Loop on Broadway. And like two days earlier, Sarah Bareilles went. We didn't even discuss it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I want to go see it. And she's like, busy. It's amazing. Now, I need to say this. <clears throat> I was going to take Birdie with me um, to see A Strange Loop on Broadway. And I texted SB, Sarah Bareilles, after I saw her Instagram post about it. And I was like, oh, my God, I got tickets for this weekend. I'm taking Birdie. And she was like, are you sure? Question mark. And I was like, that's a weird response. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I called her and I was like, wait, what do you mean? Am I sure? And she's like, busy. It is one of the boldest shows I've ever seen in my life. Like, I love the way Sarah talks so much. Um, all of us, all four of us ladies from um, Girls 5 of us have very specific and unique ways of speaking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're all like its own journey. But Sarah's like, busy. it's the boldest show I've ever seen. It is just so there. And you're just, it is out there and just putting it all out there. And I was like, yes. So, but we're, but what I'm confused, but like, so Birdie, it's not appropriate for Birdie or what? And Birdie, and then Sarah just like goes, 
there's butt fucking on stage. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And Sarah goes, they say in the opening number, there's going to be butt fucking on stage. That's what they say. And then they deliver. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh right. Okay. And then she's like, also, it's like contextually, I don't want, I like you need to see it, but there's also like some other things. I just don't know. I know Birdie's very mature. I just don't know. It might be the kind of thing that you want to see first. I am saying this to all of you because if you find yourself in New York, if you're in New York and you want to go see an incredible Broadway show, I didn't realize that maybe it was not the vibe for kids, a strange loop. You wouldn't know it to look at the like billboards, the, right? Yeah, the playbill. Um, but I mean, I'm just talking about like the the billboards. I actually was like looking to see if it says it on a line. They should put because, it on the billboards. Uh, It's because it is the most Tony Award nominated musical. It's a masterpiece. It won the Pulitzer Prize. It won five Drama Desk Awards, including Best Musical. It won the New York Drama Critics Circle. It won the Obies. It won the Lambda Literary. Um, It won all kinds of things. But it's no Hamilton. It's not, it's like Hamilton is very, was packaged in a way that was very family friendly. Okay. So listen, it does, when I go down into the frequently asked questions, is there an age recommendation is there? And it says recommended for ages 16 plus explicit language, simulated sexual content. Right. Okay. Um, I, also think contextually, like I had, I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see the Alanis Morissette musical that was up for a while. Do you know, I can't remember what they, it was called. Was it called Jagged Little Pill? Yes. That's exactly what it was called. I thought. So I, I didn't get to see Jagged Little Pill, but I did hear from some friends that there's like a pretty jarring rape scene in the musical. Yeah. And, you know, these are the kinds of things where like, and by the way, the simulated sex scene in um, A Strange Loop, like, is not rape. It is consensual, but it is a complicated situation. And, yeah. Like, and it's complicated in its, in its, in all of it. It's it's yeah. like just com- it's just fucking complicated and you know I and I brought up the thing about jagged little pill because I was fully going to go see it and a friend of mine was like hey TW just so you know they don't have one on the like there but right. like that can be really upsetting to a person who has been through a sexual assault, you know? Yeah. And so, and similarly in this, like I was like fully just going to take my (laughs) 13 year old and Bertie like 
can handle a lot of stuff. I mean, the kid has watched Bridgerton. You guys know we've talked about the shameless yeah. of it all. Yeah. But that being said, like on st- watching a thing on stage is so intense already. Yeah. Right. Because the performers are in front of you. You're yeah, like seeing their spit and yeah. their sweat yeah. and everything. And uh and the nuance of like the situation and then how like the song after I was like sobbing the song after the sex like number yeah <laughs> the sex number the, sex the song scene. after the sex scene well it also is like there's a song too okay. with the sex okay. you know but the song after is not available on iTunes yet and I'm bummed because I really wanted it to be um <laughs> but it's called no boundaries and so, like, that could give you an idea yeah. of, like, how things, like, take kind of a turn, you know? Yeah. yeah, And the main guy is like, why did I do that? Why did I allow that? Like, I don't, you know, it's, yeah. I have no boundaries, you know? Right, right. And um, anyway, all of that to be, to all that being said, I, like, didn't have anyone to go with me. And I was... <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, oh, no, I can't. Like, now I'm now this was my big plan. Right. And I didn't want to just, like, just not go. I had gotten these tickets. It was, like, a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um. And so I was sort of scrambling, looking. And then I remembered that my friend Mae Whitman Aww. was is now in town for a little bit because she's working on a TV show that I don't know if it's been announced, so I won't say what it is, but she is. And, um, and so I texted her and she was like, Oh my God. Yes. Like in a hundred percent. And so the podcast came out on Friday. Mark and I were both feeling like a little twingy weird. Yeah. On Saturday, we didn't get into, it wasn't like an argument, but we just were like, I, I, I don't know. We got like a little bit like snippy with each other about some stuff. And I was like, stop reading it. Like the articles and things. I'm like, just don't read it. Don't look at it. And he's like, well, it's easy for you to say, you know? And I was like, yeah, well it is. But also like stop looking at it through the veil of fucking patriarchy and like whatever. And, and then we got just like a little bit into it. And I was just like going on and on. I don't know. It was just interesting. I was like really focused on all of this stuff, you know, like toxic masculinity and like, and patriarchal ideas and like, you know, white supremacy being at like the root of so much of everything, you know, and me being like this fucking white girl who never shuts up and like, you know what I mean? No, yeah. seriously. I'm yes. like, just like, and I'm a part of the fucking problem, but like at the same time, I've got the goddamn mic. So what right. are you supposed to do? You right. know, like, how are you supposed to show up? Like, I'm trying. Like, anyway, like all of these things. And then May meets me. We scarfed some burgers, went, ran in, peed. In the bathrooms at the theater. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. But we, we had to like jump out. We were like running late, you know, like it was like yeah. traffic was terrible. There was some parade. There's always a parade. You know, we had to like jump out of our Uber and like basically run up the street to get into the theater. We ran downstairs, like run into the restroom. This woman is coming out and she's like, holy shit to me. 
Right. I'm wearing a mask, but she knew who I was. And she was like, holy shit. And I was like, oh my God. And she's like, sorry, I just love you. And I was like, oh my God. That's so nice. Thank you. I'm going to pee so we can see the show. So we like pee. We sit down just sort of like and outside of like what Sarah had told me. I knew literally nothing about the play. And so part of me is like, do I tell you guys? Because I do want you all to I hope at some point you all are able to somehow experience this remarkable remarkable piece of theater. And actually, I didn't know this existed until later that night after I got out of the show. There was a tiny desk concert thing that they did, that a strange loop did. Yeah. And Michael R. Jackson, the writer who wrote the book and lyrics, um, explains a lot of what the show is and when they go through the songs. Now, The show is, and they say this many times in in the show, the show is about a young, uh, I think he he calls himself fat, like young, fat, black, uh, queer uh, usher at a Broadway show at the Lion King on Broadway, who is trying to write a musical about a young, fat, black, queer Usher at <laughs> the Lion King show. on Broadway at a Broadway yeah. show who's trying to finish his musical about it's like the adaptation <laughs> about a young fat, yes black, queer uh it's like the adaptation of um musicals like yeah you know um yeah and it's and it's also it's also incredibly um beautifully and as Sarah Burrell said boldly done um to be taking up like this incredible space and like oh no I'm gonna cry I'm like asking all of these questions like who gets the mic and like in real life the man who wrote the music and book is named Michael Jackson, Michael R. Jackson. In the play, his name is Usher. (laughs) (laughs) And he is an Usher. Yeah. Um, And then the supporting players um, fill in not just the thoughts inside his own head, but also other important people in his life and it sort of is all like interwoven and fluid and like the people that play his parents don't are like that's constantly multiple people play his mom multiple people play his dad got it there's a company you know there's like six players around him that are doing it and then usher is just played by one yeah um actor who was incredible. And we saw the understudy. Oh, wow. Um, his name was Kyle. I looked him up on Instagram. Hold on. I want to say his name because he was pretty fucking amazing. Kyle Freeman. Okay. So I looked, so Kyle Freeman 
was the is the understudy for Usher, but he went up in the performance that I saw. I don't know how many times he goes up. He was like such a fucking star and so talented and so if you watch the um Tiny Desk concert, it's um the guy who is like originated the role. It's the actor who originated the role. I'm so happy you got to see it. And I'm so happy. Um, I'm thinking of loyal podcast listener, William Flood. He was also talking about um, a strange loop on Broadway recently and got me really hyped to try to go Wait, see it. Who is the what? Huh? Who? Um, a friend who listens to the podcast, William Flood, and who he always has great thoughts on the podcast and he always shares stories about his thoughts on the podcast. But he recently was in um, was in New York City and saw A Strange Loop, but he saw it with John Andrew Morrison. Um, Who's the guy who normally... I think is the is the, the normal lead, yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I'm so glad you got to see it with the understudy and that he was also fantastic. I mean... Beyond fantastic. Like, I was so truly, like, floored by his performance. Oh, my God. Um, He's amazing. Yeah. He's uh, amazing. By the way, maybe they... Maybe, oh, they say about the show, Meet Usher, a black queer writer writing a musical about a black queer writer writing a musical about a black queer writer. He does... I'm pretty... I just want to say this... I'm pretty sure he's, I mean, he calls himself fat many times throughout the thing. And it's like a yeah. part about, of his identity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like very important. Like it's an important distinction in the show because he is like grappling with his identity and how to show up as his most authentic version of himself. And so much of it he, you know, he feels a lot of like, like he feels hemmed in by his body and like, you know, skin and how he's perceived in his identity, like how he's perceived and looping around again, like the third or fourth song in the show is called inner white girl. First of all, it was not lost on me almost immediately in the very first song when he like casually picks up this like Tori Amos, not Tori Amos, sorry, Liz Fair CD. Yeah. And like is like looking at it. And yeah. Tori Amos and Liz Fair are like name checked early on. Right, right. Um, And so that was like at first I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What are we doing here? What's happening? Um, And then Inner White Girl is this song. And I was, like, beside myself, like, like sobbing because the truth of that song, it's about, like, how when he wants to run away and hide, he has to, like, access his inner white girl because she doesn't care right? if she ruffles any feathers. Like, she can do anything because white girls can do anything. 
whatever they want whatever they want and they get to be bold and they get to be weird and they get to be funny and they get to be sexy and they get to be demure and they get to be confrontational and the same thing is just not afforded to black boys anyway it's a fucking beautiful song and the truth of it hit me real fucking deeply that's very cool i'm so glad you got to see it it's also um i'm noticing co-produced by mindy kaling so good for her oh it's co-produced by so many people like yeah i don't and i don't i actually asked someone about that um Stephen Colbert is a co-producer. Oh, great. Don yeah. Cheadle and his wife are producer are producers on it. Um, Ilana Glazer is a co-producer. I was like just I was annoyed that I wasn't. <laughs> if I'm being honest, when I was like looking at yeah. the program, I was like, hmm. Interesting. How did I miss Can you that? ever become Call. a co a co-producer after the fact? I mean, maybe this just in my telling, I mean, maybe. Maybe I'm <laughs> Maybe I am now. Do they ever do a round of adding new producers? Sure. Well, yeah, of course they do. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe in the future. Well, I don't have any money right now, but. (laughs) Because that's what being a producer means, by the way. Giving some money to. It's literally all it means. (laughs) It's investing in the play with your money. Money. Yes. Yes. And normally, like producers of Broadway shows put up millions of dollars yeah but i do think because this is sort of like how um how many co-producers there are on the show that maybe it was i think i think that it was like yeah like i think they were able to it's not mysterious billionaires putting up yeah i think there was I, i think it was more like um yeah like angel investors you know yeah. like yeah where you it's not Four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, I don't know what it was. Who knows? Who knows? I wasn't the, there. I wasn't asked. Yeah. You weren't. You know, you didn't, you didn't know what the what the buy in was. I would have done it <laughs> if I'd had the money and been asked and knew <laughs> and had the information. Anyway, also, I really want to meet Michael R. Jackson now because I feel like we have a lot of cultural overlap and. Obviously, our loves of Tori Amos and Liz Fair. And I want to talk to him in depth about how I think Exile and Guyville gave me no boundaries. Wow. Michael R. <laughs> Jackson, I know you're busy, but if you're listening to us. You want to have you, coffee? You have a lot going on. If you're listening to us, maybe you'd want to come on the podcast or maybe you just want to have coffee with Busy. And just like geek out about like. Tori Amos. I saw on his Instagram, I think, because, of course, I stalked him most of the day the next day on Instagram, (laughs) um, that Tori went to the show. Oh, that must have been really exciting. I wonder if Liz Fair does. Because, like, also, I think that he says this thing in, Usher says this thing, uh, has a line in the show where he's like, well, I was trying to write a musical using all Liz Fair's songs, but she said no, like, or like she wouldn't give me. (laughs) permission and i can only imagine that that's like true maybe well it seemed true do you know what i mean like why would you say it 
why would you why would you make the point of saying it if it wasn't if there wasn't a nugget of truth to it? But maybe maybe it's just a good line. Who knows? But it sounds really exciting. I would love to see it. Maybe maybe William Flood who listens to the podcast wants to go back and see it and maybe I'll go with William Flood. Just just come. I'll go back with you. I also okay. want, I told Mark he has to go see it. So he's going to go in a few weeks, maybe. I also do think like there's a version where Birdie could see it. But I actually, I do agree with that 16 years old. I think Birdie's just a little, I think Birdie's a little too young. It's not for them yet. It's not, it's just not, not, just not yet. I think that's, um, I think that's good. And I think it's good. You know what I think is good? I think mm. it's good that you saw a thing and that like Mark's going to see it and you mm-hmm. all can discuss it. And then you don't even like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just good for grownups to have a thing to discuss. I mean. And yes. you don't have to, you know, have that conversation. Not that, you know, you're against having conversations with your children, but sometimes it's just nice to have a conversation with, Sarah Bareilles about the boldness of a strange loop on Broadway and not your kid. Yes. Who's not your social peer, as you pointed out uh, last last week. Was it last week? I don't know. Last Who sometime. knows? Recently. Uh, yeah. But it is true. It's like definitely true. Yeah. And it's important to remember that. Yeah. And it's hard um, because sometimes kids kids will trick you. They oh. seem so savvy and so sophisticated. Well, that's what, this is what I was saying. My child has tricked me many a time. Oh my gosh. I hope I did a I hope I did a a an okay job explaining it. I don't know. I, I don't think know you I did. did. I think you did. I'm like obsessed with it. It was like also just like what it means to be an artist, what it means to try to like put yourself in. Okay. Cause like, okay. Cause also as an inner white girl with a microphone. Yeah. As an outer white girl. As an outer white girl. An outer white girl with I am an a outer, white girl inside you. I get, I mean, we don't even know who's inside of me <laughs> at this point, but like I, you know, and an artist, like I do struggle with like how much of my, and it, okay. Also, Jesus Christ, busy, get it the fuck together. Think about what you're going to you say. You had an epiphany. Before you think it. God damn it. <laughs> All of the things that I'd been sort of like grappling with in terms of even like the amount to which I put myself, like my personal into my work and my professional And if that's beneficial to me or to others, what the value of it is. And if it, if the toll of it is too great for the people around me, and that is like so much a part of what the, what the musical like kind of deals with as well, which is that like, Drawing on our trauma and our personal experiences as artists and putting that into the world to create a shared experience where others can say, like, I feel seen, I feel known, I feel gotten, like, 
that is the reflection of a thing that I've never gotten to see reflected back to me. I had been struggling, you know, that day in particular. It has been a struggle for me many times over the last many, many, many years of my life, which is that like when I changed sort of ideologically what I wanted to do as an artist. And sorry if now we're just inside the fucking actor's studio, guys. I can't. <laughs> I can't help it. It is also a part of who I am. Yes. But like ideologically, when I sort of like shifted what I, the and had the realization of like what my, what I always want was, was trying to do as an artist and then brought my like actual personal like, into it in such an intense forward-facing way and that changed all kinds of things for both you and I yeah (laughs) and like a little bit like at what cost to me yeah at what cost to my family at what cost to my parents at what cost to the people that I write about in my book? At what cost? And, you know, he like so beautifully explores all of this, all of those ideas and puts it out there. And as just a viewer who sits outside of a lot of, a lot of what he was speaking to and showing as the outer white girl. I just felt like, thank God I get this perspective. Right. Thank God I get this beautiful piece of art to watch about this person's experience in this body, in this world at this time. And thank God he was brave enough to really show warts and all how it's been and how it continues to be and how it affects him and people in his community. And because I'm an outer white girl, I of course made it about me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing, but like kind of not, but like it was like, I was so, I was so incredibly grateful for it. And then I thought like, okay, I can like give myself a break a little bit too, you know, cause I get like, you know, especially with talking about my family and like, I've done that, you know, when Mark says like, Google it, like, I know I've done that. Like, I know I've put, I know I've shared some like really ugly fucking things about a person that I love and I had children with, you know, And I've also shared other things too. And it's complicated because so much of life is complicated for people. And guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just read my book. Don't fucking go Google because as we know, they're terrible at extrapolating. Extrapolating, yeah, yeah. 
And if you haven't read my book, then I, you know, it's at the library. I get it. Yeah, it's at the but. library. You can get it on audiobook, and it's just like be like this podcast because it's about as long. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I think it is this long. Uh. Anyway, I just you know, and my parents, and like I think about my parents, and like. I know how hard my book was for my mom, you know, when it first was coming out. And I know it really took her like seeing the value in like me sharing my stories of my life for her to kind of like you know my mom's not, Barb listens to the podcast. Like my mom is will always be the one who's like, I always have encouraged your boldness. And she has a hundred percent. Yes. And also Barb. And also there's, there are things that I think have been difficult for her to have to see. Well, yeah. yeah. If not how it affected me. Yes. You know, because Because everybody's experience is unique, right? It's complicated. It's so complicated because it really is an illustration of how the way that someone in your life, the way that you interact, the way that you're intersectional sometimes in in social groups, but directly in your own life, the way that the way that someone lives or something that they do then becomes your story if you're involved in it and then you're making a choice whether or not to tell that story and how honest you're going to be about the way that it affected you. And everybody has their own story, but then our our stories are interconnected. I think right. about it all the time, Busy, and you know this about me, is that People tell me this all the time. People in my life who I think love me and are protective of me, but also probably somewhat protective of themselves, say to me all the time, you should write a memoir. You should write a movie. And I cannot tell you how many times I've looked a person dead in the eyes and not said out loud, but thought to myself, you are the last person who should be encouraging me to write anything because it would come for you. You know, like just is that just, me though? That's not me though, right? No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, no. I think you and I, I had to ask. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why you know I'm so grateful to have you in my life is that like I'm able to be fairly honest with you about even things that are uncomfortable, like when uncomfortable things have happened between us, as they should happen between people that have been friends for a long time. It's going to happen. And work and, together too. Yeah. By the way. And you work together and like lived through all this shit together. But I'm just talking about like, there are people that like, you know, it's a, it's, they blithely say like, you should write, you should write your story. You should, you know, and, and I'm like, you, I don't think you really want that. I don't really think that you're thinking. And so it becomes hard because like, in your case, I think like people love you and are protective of you, but also protective of themselves, but they want to like, encourage you to do, you know, to do your thing and to like, write your story but sometimes that's difficult. Well, and I have to say, like, Mark was very generous in my book. Yes. Of 
like generous, I mean, by generous, I mean. Saying like, his, do your thing. Yeah. His response was always like, your book is so truthful. We've gotten this far. Like by we, he means me. Like, yeah. you know, you've gotten this far. Like write your fucking truth. Right. And I think that neither one of us, I mean, certainly we're not fucking idiots. And we understood like culturally, like clickbait culture and celebrity, blah, blah, blah. But we were like mostly right that like, you know, then people just focused on James Franco for most of the like right. beginning press of it. But the like slow burn of pulling out ways in which, you know, are the things that I wrote about Mark and like putting those things online and like, you know, and I, and I spoke to it a little bit last, you know, last week when we were talking about it, but like, it is, it's not just him. It's like our kids, you know, it's like, it's like our extended family. It's like his parents had to deal with that. Right. You know, his parents had to deal with like the neighbors or the people at their, in their community who like, saw some of those clickbaity extrapolated articles that were like busy Phillips says husband quote was useless <laughs> whatever like <laughs> whatever the fucking thing was you right, know right and 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 also not that by the way uh, my book is on the same nearly the same fucking level of like a strange loop that's not what i'm trying to say at all right i'm just trying to say that like or the point that I am trying to make is that I do also know that I said things that a lot of women our age have felt and weren't saying. Yes. And it, it rang a bell. It rang a fucking bell for a lot of people. Yeah. And there was there's relief in that like there's relief in like seeing your experience or a version of your experience reflected back to you from an artist or from you know you know on a show on a tv show i mean mine you know mine is and that's that's also the distinction right like mine is a little different like you know when you write a movie or a TV show and you put things in it that are deeply personal, you can always say publicly, uh, no, that's not based in, that's not based in anything. That's just. Right. That's like a, you know, it's an aggregate of like a bunch of different things. Right. You don't have to take ownership in the same way that you do. You're not naming names. Well, right. I fully named names. Right. Let's be real. (laughs) Um, but so does, but by the way, in a strange loop, so does he. Right. Because it's like, it is his, like, it's about his family and like right. parents and Tyler Perry. He like calls, he like talks about Tyler Perry. Oh, wow. And Liz Fair. So. I am Liz Fair. Which we're assuming are like. And kind of the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. He really does name names. Like that is actually, that is actually a really interesting distinction too. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Well, there's every chance in the world that Mark will write a movie at some point that will ring a bell for you, that will feature, you know. Oh, by the way, 
he's already pitched it to me. And like, I thought he should, I mean, I was like, I love that idea for you. Like, it's not, I want, I think you should write it and direct it. And like yourself, like, I don't even think you should do it with your partner. Like, I think this should be, you should do it. And yeah, I mean, those conversations, like all the time, right? Like Noah Baumbach, Greta Gerwig, like, like people who, you know, clearly use parts of their histories in their own. I mean, so many people do it. I mean, the the best to ever do it. The best to ever do it. And, Mm. you know, and leaving people wondering, like, is this the exact same story? Is it elaborated? Is it embroidered? Or is it just really what happened? But there may come a time when Mark writes a movie that, you know, a lot of you is in and people will wonder, is it the exact story? I'll only be pissed if I'm not cast as the part. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. (laughs) Oh, I'm not good enough for your movie. I'm good enough to inspire it, but I'm not good enough to star in it. Well, I hope Reese nails me. (laughs) Good luck to her. (laughs) I only say that, guys, by the way, it always feels like I'm picking on Reese. I'm not picking on Reese. I only say that because once early on in our relationship, Mark had a movie that I like loved the plot of. Yeah. Like Mark and Abby had a movie and then they like sold it to Reese for her to star in. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up not, they wrote the script, but it ended up not getting made. But I was like V bitter at the time. Yeah. You got bitter about it. I know. I I have a similar thing with um, Sandra Bullock. Because when I worked at The Late Show, um, if you were cast in a bit to do something on the show uh, that night, you like for me, it would double my salary, which I think I've said. Like, I think I would get like an extra $450. And one time I was cast in a bit to throw a dummy of Dave off the roof of the building. And then at the last minute, Sandra Bullock wanted to do it. That's not true. It's true. <laughs> and, and you didn't ever, get your bump? And I didn't get my $450. Oh, and I was like, Sandra Bullock doesn't need that $450. And um, then, she had so, no idea. If she had known, she had no idea. Of and course. She, and if she had known, you know. You yes. know, if she had known, she would have been like, oh my God, no, no, yes. no. Let, let her do it, please. But it's just one of those things. Like every time I think of oh Sandra my God, Bullock, that's I'm so like, funny. I really wish I had that $450 from that time. But that's what I'm saying. Like every time you think well, with of, inflation, I mean, what are we even asking for now? <laughs> like maybe $900. Who Probably. knows? But I just think every time you think of Reese Witherspoon, it's going to be hard for you personally not to think of that one movie that you really wanted to star in. That your yeah. hu- that your husband was involved with, and you you didn't. Well, he's not my husband Reese. anymore. So, went- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so the joke's on me. Um, oh turns out you shouldn't hold on to things like that. <laughs> I feel like we anyway. both have kind of talked about what we did our best at this week. But do you have like a specific thing? I think I managed. I think I managed pretty well just like I just managed, yeah. you know, and sometimes that's all you can do is yeah. I managed and um, and yeah, like I, you know, and then I was really grateful for the like kismet of having those tickets and getting to see that 
play that musical the day that I did because I think it really meant a lot to me in that moment to see that. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. That's good. I think that's that's great. I also just managed. I did my best at managing. I think that uh, I didn't even have to do my best this week because you took such good care of me and my husband and family took such good care of me and my friends took care of me and our friends who listen to the podcast literally did more than their best. And they yeah, went above guys- and beyond and did outstanding shit. Uh in, in honor of my birthday more than the best. So, like, I didn't even have to do my best no. because you you all took the you wheel. You guys are the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, wait, one thing I do want to tell you about. This is, like, not deep at all. But do you remember a while ago when we were doing the podcast and you said none of this was on my bingo card? Mm. People were like, I really want a T-shirt that says none of this is on my bingo card, Mm -hmm. which, of course, we're like, we put out a lot of T-shirts on our merch on Brave Gowns, Mm -hmm. the Brave Gowns website. But Summer and I had like a little bit of an idea and we're trying to make it. And I'm still not sure if it's going to work out, but I think it's going to work out. But do you want to hear what it is? Yeah. Okay. So it's a none of this was on my bingo card, like beach blanket towel but then it has like a bingo game on i love it so you can play um none of this was on my bingo card bingo uh, at the beach this summer it's brilliant we're still brilliant (laughs) it's brilliant we're working on it it's coming to you also, like housekeeping, podcast housekeeping, a lot of people frantically messaged me yesterday that they couldn't access any of the podcasts. It was like a platform-wide outage that the um, the platform where we all host our podcast had like an outage um, yesterday, which oh, wow. was, you know. Um, but here's what I will say. And I'm, this is not to chastise anyone because there was a time when even I wasn't doing this for our own podcast. But if you had our podcast set up where you were subscribed and it automatically downloaded, you would have had the episodes that you wanted even when the outage happened. So Ooh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> So I'm just saying, if that is something that if you just want to, it takes a little bit of figuring out, but it's not super complicated. If you want to just figure out how to go onto your podcast, preferred podcast page and subscribe to this podcast Mm -hmm. and then set it up so that it automatically downloads and it's in your phone, then you listen to it and your phone deletes it um, or it holds onto it till you're ready to listen to it. That is would mean that you'd always have the podcast, even if there's like an outage or something that affects whoever. Or if you're on an airplane. Or if you're on an airplane and you want to listen to it or you want to listen to it in your car and you don't have Wi-Fi, um, that'd be great. But it's also really important for us at the podcast. That's how we like, you know, that's the only metric by which advertisers know how how we're doing, how we're, how we're, how we're doing. That we're doing our best. <laughs> And scene. Um, you guys, thank you so much for this, the past seven hours. Um, we love you so much. And, and, oh my God, that laugh was so dumb. Um, 
<laughs> so she's lost it now. Um, but um, we really do, and we appreciate all of your um wonderful ways in which you show up for yourselves, for others, for Casey, for her birthday. And I just want to say, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love you guys. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, no.